Hello and welcome to Mad Get Radio episode number two. My name's Andrew and I'm joined as ever by... I'm Paul. Hope everyone's having a good time. How you doing, Paul? Uh, I'm alright, man. Just uh, getting everything ready for Siege. Damn tidying up everything up. Yep. Looking forward to it. The last push now until the weekend. I know. So, as we are recording, today is Monday the 23rd. So we have five days to go. How's yeah, the uh, how's the painting things going? Good. Everything's painted. Just working on the camp. How's so the camp a couple of nights and then everything will be done. I think it's looking good. Um, don't want to blow more on horn, but <laughs> I'll be winning that award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that award's as good as mine. <laughs> um, no, I think it's actually turned out really well considering it started life as like f- foam from a can. So. Do you want to yeah, pretty happy. talk through the kind of idea behind your camp? Without giving too much yeah, away, of so, course. Um, for those of you that remember, uh, I play Warriors, so I've basically gone with your quintessential kind of slaughter, torture kind of scene that you might expect to stumble across if you were in a Warriors camp. Most of it's kind of made from bits and pieces left over from sprues, and I've got a couple of minis on there as well that look quite good, so yeah, quite happy with it. Awesome. What about you? Yeah, everything's kind of done now. Um, I got a new pre-light model for my general because of, um, the way I'd been running them before, as you know, is I basically just had like monk-looking guys for pre-lights, and they didn't look very intimidating when it's meant to be your general. So I bought this awesome figure from Last Sword Miniatures, which is basically a bishop in full armor, and he looks pretty badass. So he's now finished. And, uh, yeah, he looks pretty it's a cool miniature. I'm pretty happy with the way he's come out. I think he looks very cool. And because um, I was a little bit concerned, because most of my Empire stuff is Perry, as you know, and mm-hmm. I was a bit concerned about the sizing. But now he's all painted and based. I was mucking about with him earlier on, just put him in the unit, seeing what he looks like, and he looks absolutely fine. Yeah, he, he actually just looks like taller and more intimidating than the rest of them. So yeah, looks really beefy. It yeah. looks like he can handle himself. It doesn't look like I kind of put a games workshop miniature in it because you know how they've got like bigger hands and faces and that they just look out of place whereas his proportions yeah. are about the same as the Perry's it's just he's taller and he's got bulkier armor on so yeah yeah he does stand out but he's not like like you say he's not like WTG and the kind of proportions and stuff he does exactly, look really yeah. cool and uh, the camp's all finished as well that was finished basin and the peasants are all done because um, obviously you painted half and I painted half and they're all based now so yeah, they look really good. I think we're going to have some pretty cool pictures from the tournament between the camps, peasants, and the river, and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So if you are listening to this and you want to follow uh, Siege on Saturday, we will be uploading pictures, uh, etc., to Twitter with the hashtag Siege17 if you want to follow along, because we'll try and keep that um, busy with photos and updates and any ridiculousness that occurs along the way. Siege on Saturday is actually a really good name. Siege on Saturday. We it's like a kind of regular thing. opportunity. <laughs> God damn it. So the main topic of the show today is, unsurprisingly, Siege. And we have all the lists in. We have checked them not once but twice. Uh, no no one still got stuff wrong. Yep, still got <laughs> stuff wrong. No, but no one cheated. It's all good. Uh, everyone's paid. Everyone's registered. So the only thing we've got left to do is do the pairings, which we will do at the end of the show, and go through all the lists. So, just get stuck in it, I think. 
So yep. that's good news. Absolutely. So the way we're going to do it is, if you don't know, all the the lists have been deposited into a Dropbox file. You can anyone can access that via the nine page form if you go into the Siege of Strivum page. And what we're going to do is we're just going to work through them in alphabetical order, and it's going to be in alphabetical from people's first names. So essentially, we're just yep. working it down the way that they pop up on the Dropbox. Which means cool. that our first list is Andrew Kerr. So our first do, dwarven list. Yeah, before we do Andrew's list and all the dwarves, we should just say that uh, in, at the end, we had a few people drop out, which was uh, unfortunate, but can't really do anything about that. So we ended up with 19 players in total. That means that there are six teams of three. And we've got one reserve player, and I think we should let everyone know that Paul and I were vying for that reserve spot. And moments <laughs> before recording, we got uh, my lovely girlfriend in for an assistant, and she rolled the dice until one of our numbers came up. And the gods have decided that it will be me disgracing Mad Get Radio on Saturday, and uh, Paul will be taking the place of reserve player and key coordinator on the day because. Uh, I'll be too busy getting pumped. Pulling your hair out. Yeah, probably. Feeling leadership checks. Left, right, and center. <laughs> yeah. So, without any further ado, how about we just dive in? So, first list is Andrew Cowan with Dwarven Holtz. Yeah, so will we run through the characters? To yeah, start? You, want, you want to run through? Yeah, so, Andrew's general is a king. He's got shield bearers, so he's mounted. He's got a rune of iron, three runes of shielding, mounts protection from the uh, shield bearers, obviously. Uh, comes with plate, and he's rocking with a great weapon for 480 points. So what do you think of that? Uh, I hate dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> so what's That's all quite that a concise there? comment. Yeah, I, I mean, I particularly noticed. I think just because organising and having to go through the lists, having to remember what the runes do. So I think it might be helpful to, yeah, that's it. to say in layman's terms what all those runes mean for Andy's king. So the yeah. way I worked out, you can correct me if I'm wrong. So Andy's king is on the shield bearer, so he gets he's got four wounds. He is a one up armor, a four up ward, and he's got a great weapon. And because he's on yep. the shield bearers, he does he has sorry D three plus one grudges. Is that legit? Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, sure. Like I say, I'm like this is um. I'm the same with the dwarf lists. Like, I obviously don't play the army, and I'm just kind of lost when I see ruins because they don't really mean anything. They just seem to have a ridiculous number of ruins, and the names never really seem to kind of match up to what they represent. There's easy ones like Rune of Iron and Rune of Shielding, but then when it gets to like Rune of Mountains and Dragon Breath and stuff like that, kind of just got a guess. And it's just some of the names, they're not necessarily, you don't necessarily associate them with the category that they're in. So for me, there's some ruins that I think, oh, that must be a weapon ruin, and it's not. It's something else. Mm. So I can never find it in the book to even check. Uh, what was it you said about shield bearers? What did you think the it shield actually shield bearers did? give him plus one wound. So he's got four wounds. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, he's on four wounds. Yeah. So four wounds, toughness five. So he's, he's gone pretty tanky for the, yeah. the king. One up, four up, yeah. He's just... Dwarf kings are just a nightmare. And he's got enough attacks that in challenges and things like that 
it's just going to be a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, I would say though he's not overly ridiculous. Like he's no. 480 points. I mean, he could spend a lot more points on him if he wanted. But he does have a, quite a few characters though, so he's had to spread his points out mm. compared to some of the other lists. How they're running kings, I'd say this build is fairly conservative. Yeah, and it's uh, not, but he's still it's a statement that pretty this good. is pretty conservative, and he's still a one up four up. <laughs> Great yeah, he's weapon skill seven, wounds, strength yeah. six. Or four wounds, sorry. He's uh, is he toughness five? He's toughness five. Yeah, the kings are toughness five standard. Sort of pain, ten. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. It's solid. So, kind of standard king though, just a pain in the ass to deal with. He would just, you know, if you challenge him out, he's just gonna plug away at whoever you threw in, threw in against him. But he does the job and he's hard to kill, so standard. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a thane who's the base B with the Holdstone. He's got two runes of iron. He's got the rune of shielding. He's got the rune of smashing and just the shield. Okay. I'm going to amaze you with he's my Dwarven knowledge right six. now. Okay. Go on, on then, hit me. Okay. So, rune of iron. Innate defense, right? So, he's got two of them. Yep. So, he's got five yep. up innate defense. Right. Rune of shielding yep. is uh, plus one to your ward save, so you get six at board. Rune yep. of smashing is plus one strength. No, that's rune of might, isn't it? Shit. So close. <laughs> smashing that's the your strength 10 versus anything that's toughness 5 or better oh yeah that's a good one okay okay cool uh, this should uh, this would be a good drinking game actually <laughs> we should have, oh man we just calling now. it ruins and if you get it wrong you've got a drink by the time we I get think to Tim's list game. at the bottom we'd be <laughs> paralytic <laughs> <laughs> and that's very dwarfy yeah it would be yeah. so I don't even think that's like a derogatory uh, suggestion. I think that's totally in keeping with the fluff. So I think that's I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. What do you think of that then? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I mean, he's cheap. He's three hundred and forty-six points. And what did we say he had for a ward save? Uh, he has a six-up ward save. So you'll you'll get a four-up when he's charged because he's got shield wall, which gives you plus one to your ward save, and then an additional plus oh, one when you're charged. I always forget about that the shield wall. Yeah. If you're running, take a shield. I mean. Yeah, there's no point not to. Yeah. So, good. so he's got a five up ward base because that stacks with shield wall. Yeah. yeah um, really we should also say right now in the podcast that there will we will say things about people's lists and there'll be people that play this army and they'll be shaking their heads going, No, that's wrong. Yeah, don't think that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Probably yeah. a healthy attitude to take into this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is just fun. So the third character he's got a runic smith, he's got uh, the Rune of Dragon's Breath, he's got the Rune of Gleaming, the Rune of Resilience, the Rune of Reckoning, and a Shield. So he comes in at just under 300 points, so he's 299. Okay, right. Do you want to pop at this one? In terms of what the kit means? Yeah, yeah, go on. Right, he's got a 3-up armor. Yes. He's got play and a shield. Yep. He's got the Breath Attack, which is strength 4, yep. which is playing and magical damage. And then three ruins that he's got. Uh, they're the bound spells. So he's got hard target and distracting. Mm-hmm. That's one. He can cast minus one to wound yep. as a hex. And he's got the augment, the rerolls to hit as well. Well done, Paul. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that for 300 points is... It's a bargain. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, you've, so that's pretty got, solid. you've got the issue when it's bound spells and you've only got three of them. But you might struggle to get them off. But I think all three are good. So it's they're kind of like prelates in that way that all three are good. So the chances are that all three will be useful, and your opponent will probably only be able to stop two out of the three. 
if you yep. play your dice well. So you're going to get one through, and out of them, you know, you're picking the least that's going to hurt you. Yeah, they're all useful. Yep. Um, for 300 points, that's like amazing. I think most armies would dream about being able to field a caster for that price. I mean, he's got a three of armor, and he'll have a <clears throat> he'll have a five up ward with a shield he'll when he's charged. one, and he'll have magic resistance one as well, which you can see in it. Yeah, and he, he can he's your caster. He can also dispel, right? He can. Yeah, he counts as a wizard master for dispel as well. Yeah, so he's your magical defense. Yeah, he's just really good. three hundred points. Really good. Which is really He's not. He's only strength four, toughness four. He's not there to do damage, but no. for what he's there to do, he's he's cheap. He's good. Yeah. So yeah, I like that build. Okay, thumbs up for him then. And then next character, he's got a dragon seeker, and this guy is horrible. When you can't shoot him off the table, so he's four hundred and ten points, and with all of his kit, he's got all his ruins and stuff. Right, hold on, let me just bring this up again. So he's got grim resolve, rune of fury. Rune of Might, Rune of Precision, and Paired Weapons. So do you know what that means in layman terms, right. in non-dwarf speak? I've actually got a question about this one. Uh, go for it. Because the Dragon Seeker comes with a great weapon as well. He does, he's a weapon master, right? Yeah, so I take it the weapon ruins aren't limited to the, that weapon. Well, on his list that was submitted, he specifically stated Paired Weapons. So I'm assuming that it might, but I don't know. This is the type of question you probably ask when we're not recording, so that we don't sound like idiots. <laughs> I thought you would know. <laughs> no, I really don't. Um, I've noticed on one of the other Dwarven lists that they also specifically stated that they wanted their character to have a great weapon. Is it the Vengeance Seekers? They have Weapon Master, so they can have paired weapons and great weapons. And I think they specifically stated great weapons. But then they're not taking ruins on their characters, so then I don't know why you would need to. See, this is it. Like For Andy's character, so also the Dragon Seeker, there's no point in taking the great weapon. You're already so many attacks well, at initiative 6. Yeah. So he's, with everything that he's got, he's basically weapon skill 7, strength 6, toughness 5, initiative 5, 8 plus attacks maximum, with all the buffs that he gets at leadership 10. Now, he's only got a 6 up ward, so, like I say, he's got no regal protection, but if he's in a unit that can at least get him to where he wants to be, and he can just charge out. Yeah. It's pretty good. He wants to hit as well, so weapon skill 7 plus one to hit, he's going to be hitting everything on 2s. It's pretty good. Yeah. He is nasty. And then, final character, at 140 points, he's just a regular engineer, and he's just got a shield, so he's just there for engineering purposes. Yeah, he's probably just going to be chilling out by the volley gun, uh, the organ gun, sorry. Um, and he'll probably just be... Yeah. I found this with the Artificer for the Empire as well. They're, they're actually quite good just to have around your war machines, because it means you can maybe chaff something up that's going to get your war machine, give you another turn of shooting. Yeah, I mean, he's cheap. He's only 164 points, so... Yeah, and he's got the Forge Repeater. The Forge Repeater's good, so even stuff like an Eagle, if an Eagle gets too close to your war machines, you just rat-tat-tat. Yeah. Right, check That's true. Is that right? What, how many points is he? Is one hundred and sixty-four? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think I said his points were like one hundred and forty at the beginning. Yeah, it's one hundred and sixty-four. Um, so he's gone quite heavy on the characters. That's almost seventeen hundred points. It is. But then, 
I think they're they're all good. They're yeah, all he's gonna they're get, all good characters. All solid. All those points are doing something. It's not like it's dead points. Like that dragon seeker is gonna make monsters scared, characters scared. The king's mm-hmm. just points denial essentially because he's just really hard to get rid of. The thane's got that the hold stone, which mm-hmm. I think is really his big thing as well. It also helps him against monsters in case the monster gets into that unit. The smiths just yeah. Got buff. The engineers just there buff. So it's not, like everything's got a purpose in the, that character loadout. I think the holdstone's going to be useful for the peasant scenario, just because of how the peasants can put you out of position. So for denying flank charges and stuff, yeah. activating the holdstone is going to be really useful. One thing I didn't clock about the holdstone until I was going over the list, though, is that you still count as disrupted. Yeah. See, I, I didn't. Think, I, did, I thought it was more like the. Um, one of the highborn elves can do the the fleet commander can do that kind of thing with the switch round so it doesn't count as a flank charge. I thought it was kind of like that. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So although we don't Empire have something similar to that as well, don't they have a banner that we've got the banner of unity, which basically just means that yeah, you're you're not disrupted if you get charged in the flank, but you are if you get charged in the rear. Right. But you still suffer from getting charged in the flank in terms of you can't support attack and like that. So it's like the other way around for the whole stone. Yeah, good for the peasant one. So core. Core is rocking ten clan, clan marksmen, uh, musician, guild crafted handguns and shields for three hundred points. And then he's got a block of thirty clan warriors, full command, banner, speed, spears and shields for six hundred and thirty, and a small group of ten greybeards with shields for two hundred. So his core comes to one one three zero. Five points over on his core lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suboptimal. It's really losing out there. But yeah, I like the big block of uh, spear. Spear oh, just too. yeah. Um, that will be a pain to shift. I think that's going to be for the bridge scenario. Just popping that on the bridge. It is, but they're still only strength three. Yeah. What the heavy armor? Heavy armor shield. So what's that? Four up, and then they've got shield four up armor. as well. So yeah, relatively they're, tanky. They're fast. For dwarves, movement four. Yeah, yeah. So what well. they can march nine? No, because they can triple march. Right? And then with the uh, yeah, well, they're movement three, right? Yeah, so they go up to movement four with the banner, and then they can triple march. So that's twelve. Oh, of course I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's... you're talking first turn they can get on that bridge and secure it. And then if the ruined smith is nearby, you're giving them some nice buffs. Yeah, and I'm guessing he's going to run them six ranks of five. So that's a lot of steadfast to get through. Yeah. Toughness four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like it. It's good. And then the greybeards, they do that thing where if they're in six inches, they make them immune to the fear and terror, or is it something uh, else? Greybeards, everything within six inches rerolls failed panic tests. Oh, it's just rerolls. That's really good, though. Yeah. But what you could even do there is have them, like you could have the greybeards behind the clan warriors, for example, Munbridge, and have. He's deep watch, he's BSB, and he's king in that king. the other one, because then you're still getting the rerolls, even if you're out if you're BSB. Yeah. Still, so it's, it's smart. And plus, the little ten man unit will be good for the yeah. peasants because it's just another scoring unit. And then moving on to special, I've got sixteen deep watch with full command. They've got the stalker standard, so they can even just mosey across the river. They don't even have to go by the yeah. bridge. Yeah. Uh, Play armor and shields, obviously. So four, seven, eight. So not overly expensive for sixteen deep watch. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then eleven seekers 
with Skirmish and Vanguards, just the champion paired weapons, great weapons, obviously. 328 points. And two Vengeance Seekers, at 120 points each. So that comes in at 1,046 points for special. What do you think of that? I think that he's going to have all his characters in his deep watch. I think he's going to have, yeah, the King, the Thane, and the Runic Smith in the deep watch. Probably. To pick up to 20. Although he could move them about, there's nothing stopping him doing that. And then he's, uh, Dragon Seeker. If he's going up against something that has shooting, probably throw him in there just so he benefits from the skirmish. I mean, if he's going up against something that hasn't got shooting, then probably run the Dragon Seeker by himself, I would, I would imagine. I don't know. Makes him a bit more versatile. Uh, Vengeance Seekers are good. They're just really good. They're good chaff. Because probably anything that hits them is going to get hurt. Okay, so Clan Thunder, two attack copters with skirmish, just one unit obviously, so 300 points. Pretty bog standard, really useful unit. Quite like the copters. Skirmish is and then he's got, well, yeah. yeah, they're a pain as well. Like I think I've only played Andy twice, but I was, I think in both games, the copters have been a bit of a nightmare for me to deal with. The toughness five, because it makes it really hard for your your own chaff to deal with. You can't really out-chaff them. Uh, those forger peers as well, so they they can dish out quite a lot of pain. And then just to round out, he's got the Oregon gun, runecrafted obviously, for 325 points. So exactly 4,500 points all in. Well done, Andy. That's what I like to see. Mm. Exact points. Okay. I think it's a good list. I think it's quite yeah. versatile. He's got some shooting there. He's got some good damage dealing units. He's got good tankiness. I like it. Yeah, I think he's really thought about the scenarios as well. This is one of the lists where I think that he's kind of sat down and thought what he needs, because he's got good kind of anvil units for the bridges. He's got the stalker spanner so he can get across the the river if he needs. Uh, For the camp match, he's got enough shooting that basically just says, well, if you want to come get my camp, I'm going to shoot you to ship as you come in. And then for the peasants, he's got plenty of little scoring units that can run about after the pesky peasants, so... Yeah, I think it's a good list. Well done, Andy. Well done, Andy. I know he's 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 definitely played scenarios, so I think that he definitely has, yeah. shows. So thumbs up, yeah. Yep, definitely. Awesome. So moving on moving to the on. next chumps list. This uh, list is shite. Andrew Lind. This is shite. Yeah. This guy has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when I read yeah. it. <laughs> the same as I wrote it. <laughs> so Andrew Lind, Empire of Sunstall. Do you want to go through your list? Sure. So what we'll do is I'll run through the entire list and then maybe we can have a brief talk about it. And sure. I'll point out maybe a couple of things. So characters. Uh, my general is a prelate. He's got the armor of Frederick the Great, which gives him a one-up armor save. He has the dust stone, which means he can reroll failed armor saves. And he's got a great weapon. My BSB is a marshal. He has a great tactician, so he can give out two orders. Uh, he's obviously the BSB, he's got the ether icon on his banner, so it makes him the wizard master for the spelling. He's got the charm of cursed iron, which gives the unit and himself a 5-up board save against war machines. He's got the hardened shield to give him an extra pip of armor save, and he's got plate armor for 315 points. And then I have a prelate who is mounted on a barded warhorse with the black helm, which gives him fear, a flaming lance, Heavy armor and a shield, so he has a one-up armor save. For core, uh, nice. 
because I'm a super uber, you know, super competitive player. I am on 25% on the dot with 1125. <laughs> I have 30 heavy infantry with full command, the banner of discipline, so they're immune to panic, light armor, shields, and spears. I have two 20 man units of heavy infantry with standard bearers, light armor, and halberds. And then I have two 10 man skirmishing state militia with pistol units. And then for special, I have my one true loves, the knightly orders. I've got nine of them with full command, stalker standard, plate armor, uh, lance shield for 600 points. I've got four chickens with musician standard with a gleaming icon because they always run away because they're chickens. And they've got lances and shields. I have in Sunus Fury uh, arcane engine with arcane shield, so that gives everything within six distracting and a bound spell of Know Thy Enemy on a 4+. plus. I have the Steam Tank because the bull is hungry. I have a cannon, a mortar, and then for Imperial Auxiliaries I have 5 writer with heavy armour and brace and pistol. Nice. I should also say that the bull is the name of the Steam Tank for those not aware Damn of what straight. that common is. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case I don't say, what the hell is this guy talking about? It's funny, when you said that you put the banner of discipline on your heavy infantry block, yeah. part of me was like, anyone you? listening to this is just, just going to be like, that's a really good, sensible build. Make sure your centre is completely solid. And then the other half of me thought, that's just completely telling of your luck that that unit always runs away. <laughs> and actually, I really wanted to just give them the war banner. Yeah. But that would mean that I'm at 1-1-2-0. So... <laughs> <laughs> That would mean you're guaranteed to fail a panic check. Exactly. I think, yeah, anyone who's played me knows the way I like to run the heavy infantry where you have the big block in the middle and the supports either side. I think it's just really solid and you really need to either shoot them to shit or really beat them up in combat to break it. And having that middle unit immune from for panic, uh, you know, getting the benefit from the charm, it just makes it more reliable. Yeah, I mean, considering that individually the units aren't great together, they work really well. No, they uh, are. It's a really solid war, which I like. So, without going into, you know, pro tips, tactics, and, you know, giving all my secrets away, I think I've tried to kind of adjust my standard list to the scenarios a bit more and tried to think about what I need from the scenarios. I still don't think. It's. I think it'll do some scenarios better than others, but I've got the tools to compete in all of them, which I think is the main thing. I know it can work, so yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, no, I think you've got a good mix of units. Double artillery, the cannon could come in use for monsters and stuff. Otherwise, I'm assuming you're just going to throw the steam tank at it and just try and not deal with it for as long as possible. Well, the steam tank cannon and the actual cannon are a good combo to have against monsters because the steam tank's more accurate but does less damage whereas the cannon obviously does more and uh, as long as you don't misfire which yeah even just chipping away stuff exactly, i mean if yeah. you can get things to half wounds then the knights on the charge can do really well with the melee in there exactly so yeah, yeah i think i think it's good i mean i'm a little bit upset that the i can get, get my uh ball gun in but I made the uh, yeah. decision that... I'm sure everyone's devastated. I know. 
<laughs> At least it's not double volume. Exactly. The, the double volume was on the table for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think uh, the mortar gives me a bit more of a ranged threat. And one thing that I found that I do tend to struggle against is like big hordes of stuff. Like hordes of stuff that's better than heavy infantry. Because although I've got a lot of bodies, I don't have enough bodies to really match stuff like that. So hopefully the, the mortar will help me out in those kind of circumstances. But, yeah, I mean, like 30 guys, toughness 3, it's not that many. Really. It's not, no. Things are going to get through that fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, the way everything's designed to work with the support units and things, that offers a lot of protection. But like you say, against an army with a lot of artillery, by the time you get into combat, that 30-man block could be gone, depending on how well they roll. So, yep. Obviously, I take it you're not going to tell anyone this, but I know that the standard way they would run it would be with the engine behind your central block. Although, when we played last, you kind of were a little bit more mobile with this shrine, uh, with the engine. You had that support in some of your heavier hitters, which I think worked really well. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, shall we move on then on the next list since you're not prepared to give away anything? <laughs> no, I think anyone that's played me knows the kind of way I like to play this. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. No, I think it's good. That's a thumbs up. Right, next up on the list, Danny Minto. It's Danny Minto, Orcs and Goblins. Raiders. Yeah, I don't like playing Orcs and Goblins. Yeah. That's cool. not to say it's not a good list. I do like the list. It's just my track history of playing Orcs and Goblins. I really like this list. I think, I think it's is, cool. Yeah, I think this is one of my favourites, just because I think it's, it is cool, but I think it's good as well. So I really hope it's all painted, just because. Oh, it is. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. Right, I, cool. um, when we played at Durham, I saw Danny's army. Danny's uh, army is really, really nice to paint, so it'll be cool to see awesome. it. I think it'll look really good on the table. So, Orson Goblins, his characters... Oh, I should disclaim, there are no orcs in this list. Because Danny is a baller. He doesn't give a shit about orcs. <laughs> all about them gobbles. So, for characters, his general is a Lord of Sneakin. He's a cave goblin. He's on a cave nasher because he's an absolute badass. He has a green tide for a special rule, heavy armor. He's a king. He's got shield, the buffer's helm, and the talisman of supreme shielding. He has a BSB, which is also, surprisingly, a Lord of Sneakin. He's also a cave goblin. He is a chief, of course, and he has a shield. The, he has a wizard, a goblin witch doctor, who's a wizard apprentice with pyromancy, three additional spells, and he's a common goblin. So that is 786 points altogether. It's absolutely bananas. His wizard alone... No, it's really funny. What? That's more points than what I've spent on characters for my army. <laughs> that is good. That's an extra 46 points. <laughs> it does have that, like a fully-fledged caster, though. So I love that about Goblins. They can do it so cheaply. I think they're really the only... Yep. I suppose the Empire can do it to a certain extent, but 294 for Pyro spells is bananas. Yep, that's pretty cool. Sorry, I should say. So his general was 376 points, his BSP was 120, and his uh, Witch Doctor was 290. So, yeah, I think his general's really mobile. He doesn't hit very hard, but he's hard to kill. His BSB's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, in a block somewhere. And uh, the Witch Doctor's cheap and cheerful, and, you know, can dish out a lot of pain against the right stuff. So, yeah, I like it. His core is 40 cave goblins with a mad get musician bows. 40 cave goblins, mad get musician bows. They are 390 apiece. 
we also got 34 capabilities. The full command mag get and shields for 348. His special is two Nasha wrecking teams because why have one when you can have two? He has a scrap wagon and he has eight cave trolls. Uh, in the death from above category, he has a get launcher, a get launcher, and a skewer. And then for big and nasty, because Danny is a baller, he has two spiders. One with a web launcher and one with nothing. What do you think, yep. Paul? I think it's cool. I really like the double spider. Like I say, I think that's going to look really cool on the table, especially if everything's painted. The big block of cave trolls. I never... Li- See, this is interesting. I never like fielding trolls, but I always hate fighting them. Yeah? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, the cave trolls are pretty good because they've got, like, an 8 defense 4 up. But they also get 4 up regen, so they're fairly tanky. He's got 8 of them. That's a lot of wounds to get through. They can dish out the pain as well. Yeah, they're really good. Strength 5. One thing I was going to check is, what is his leadership in his general? Is it... Because it's a goblin, right? So is that lower? Is that still like 8? Um, Let me check. It's still 8. It's still good. Is that base? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he hasn't taken the... Uh, the leadership thing. And because it's only monstrous cav on the uh, cave nasher, he's not getting a bigger uh, bubble. So he's still only leadership. So th- there is the potential for the cave trolls to fail stupidity tests and things like that. But that'd be quite funny. So. I dare say if he's been running the list for a while, he probably knows how to mitigate against that. I can't remember off the top of my head what he took to Midlands, but I think it was. I don't think it was the exact same thing, but. There was definitely a heavy goblin team. Mm-hmm. I don't think he no, I really like this. Spider last time, but... It's got three pieces of artillery. I hate wrecking teams. They're horrible so against high armor stuff. Yeah. 140 points. Again, if you can't shoot at them, you've just got to feed it stuff. So it just you've got to just sacrifice your cheap chaff. <laughs> feed them the doggies. Yeah, basically. If they're still alive, if they're not shot to fuck by... 80 bottle shots. <laughs> so how do yeah. you think this one's going to do in the scenarios? Don't know. I mean, I think well, a lot of the scenarios, every one of them is very match-up dependent because, I mean, it's got some nice big blocks that can just sit on the bridge. But they're goblins at the end of the day. They could be broken, they could be shot to shit. A lot of these random movers and things like that, I guess they're not going to care about the DTs from the river. They can just go right through the river. No, they'll still, they'll still take DTs. Any beasts? They are, yeah, monstrous beasts. Oh no. So what are monstrous beasts? They, oh no, they, they, yeah, they would still take DTs. What I find when you're playing Orcs and Goblins, they've got so much, everything's fairly low quality, but they've always got that much of it that things can just chip away at you. So he's going to be knocking wounds off you before you even get to combat. And like I say, the scrap wagon and the wrecking teams can do pretty good damage. The thing is, if you're going up against something with decent shooting, they're going to be able to handle that's probably be prime target for these kind of units because the goblins aren't great in combat no one's going to really be worried about going into them it's just the spiders i think that's the, the main hammer of the list but then even the spiders are only strength five i mean they've got a lot of attacks and they've obviously got eight wounds but maybe yeah. against other they're monsters stubborn. they're not going to be do they not have like a special attack for monsters they have venom, venom surge venom surge yeah I don't know, I've seen people have pretty good success with the spiders. They are good. And they're, they're you know, they're relatively cheap for what they are as well, so 
Yeah. And like you say, it is a kind of a fluffy list. He has gone full goblin. Which we very much appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the, tr- the trolls are going to be cool as well on the bridge because the only thing is they're not scoring, but you can just have something up behind them. Pyromancy's solid. Yeah. It's always a good lore to take. Yeah, I really like it. I think yep. it's cool. I'll be rooting for Danny because I really like that list. Unless you're playing him. Unless I'm playing him, then he's going to feel the might of the Empire. <laughs> cool. So we'll move on to the next list. Next list. Okay, so we have Edward Murdoch uh, with Kingdom of Equitain. So he's going with Favour of the Grail. For characters, uh, he's General's Duke with the Virtue of Humility and just a shield. So he's very cheap, just 220 points. Uh, he's got another Duke uh, with the Grail Oath on a Pegasus. He's got the Virtue of Might, the Armour of Percival, the Divine Icon, the Dragon Lance, and a shield. So he's 640 points. And he has a Damsel, who's a Wizard 4. Sorry, Wizard Master with four learn spells with the Path of Divination for 330. So that's 1230 in total for characters. 370. Yeah, what did I say? 330. Oh, sorry, I'd, you know, sorry. reading's hard sometimes. Uh, for I four, can't care. you can't read. Oh, what a pair we make. It's <laughs> <laughs> a chilling indictment of the education system, considering we both have PhDs. Yeah. Don't tell them that. Um, so for core he's got 8 knights aspirant musician standards banner speed uh, lances and shields and then he's got 2 units of 7 knights aspirant musicians with lances and shields both 348 points he's got 52 peasants musician standard uh, spear and shields Uh. 16 yeah and another group of 30 peasants, full command, light armour, shields and spears for 260. And then for special, he's got 30 peasant crusaders, musicians, standard bearer, shields. He's got the sacred uh, reliquary. I can never reliquary. say that. Uh, green knight, a scorpion for 135 and a trebuchet for 280. Mm. Yeah. What do you think of that? Ed's a good player. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing. I look at a lot of these lists and because I don't play the army, I'm like, oh, I think that looks okay. Yeah, I, can Brody's. I can do that. And then you play it and you think, oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. Um, but yeah, I like the three units of knights. Yeah. I think they'll be good for the peasants. Aspirants as well. I think like, Ed and I have talked about this before. Like, Aspirants are just really good for what they are. Yeah, they're not expensive. No, the thing that Pulls them back is that they're only strength three, um, but uh, having frenzy only on the charge is really nice as well. They've also got a thunderous charge on the obviously on the charge, so they they go up to strength six. On the charge, yeah, but he likes like you say if they bounce, then they're in trouble. Oh yeah, but I think that's the kind of just the nature of cavalry just now. So I think you better go in because maybe I'm missing something, but I don't really see what knights of the realm add over uh, your knights aspirant. Was it plus one strength? Yeah, but then they're, they're still strength six in the charge, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, oh, it's the fealty, I guess. The oath of fealty, so it buffs your peasants. So you can use their leadership. I suppose, but I mean, he's running the general with the virtue of humility, so he's general's basically uh, a BSB as well for the yeah. peasants. I mean, for only 20 points more, I like, yeah, I like that. Nice aspirant. I think they're really good. Mm hmm. 
peasants. He doesn't have the stalker standard, does he? He doesn't know. So that'll be interesting how he plays the the knights of the river. Knights of the river. I think he's probably just going to march them through. I think he's going to go knights first, and then peasants up behind to secure bridge. From the green knight can ambush. I think he's going to put the peasants over the bridges and just send the knights over the river and take what comes. I think against the shooting heavy list, I don't think you'd do that. I think the knights get wrecked. Yeah, you think? Well, it's going to take DTs for moving into the river. Yeah. And it's going to be taking DTs for coming out of the river. So yeah. you can have two rounds of DTs, which means that he's going to have two rounds of people shooting at him if they want. Once you get rid of the knights, you can go after what's ever on the bridge. And what's on the bridge is going to be peasants. And, I mean, they're going to have steadfast all day, but, I mean, the right units will still chomp through that in a couple of turns. <laughs> I'd love to get, like, chosen into this. Just this is, well, that was exactly the unit I had it been. <laughs> Chosen with paired weapons, mark a wrath, go. Chosen just throwing them off the bridge into the river. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be jumping off the river if such a thing coming up. But yeah, the Green Knight can ambush, can't he? Yeah, yeah, so he's brought back the Green Knight. Because he was out of the table for a while. I like that. The issue with the Green Knight is because he's um, unstable, so combat res can kill him. Mm-hmm. But uh, because he's terror and he can ambush, he's good at taking out war machines, but he's also good just to kind of come on and mess with people. It was funny, we were, I was talking to Ed the other day, and I inadvertently dropped a piece of information from someone else's list, and it was the one of the Dwarven lists that have, has the uh, ruins on the organ guns, so they do magical damage. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> and he was like, shit, I didn't know they could do that. I was like, yeah, just keep it under your hat, maybe don't let anyone know that I told you that. <laughs> but the lists are released course, now, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's mm. serial. So yeah, potentially nasty, so he needs to watch, I guess, but He's got the flying character as well, because he was running the, the Duke on the Hippogriff for a while. Yeah, the Hippo Lord. He's got it on a Pegasus. Yeah, so yeah. this Pegasus Lord hits really, really hard. Yeah. And if he gets like these D3 wounds right, I mean, there's not a lot that will be able to stand up against him on the charge. The nope. issue is that he's not got the same level of protection. The armor of Percival... If I'm if I'm right, gives you plus one to your ward save. So you've got the Grail, favor the Grail. So he's got four up. So yeah, so that's the five up ward against AP, causing weapons. So that's four up against AP. So stuff like cannons, you'll have a four up ward, which is still good. But because yeah. he's on the peg, he's only still got three wounds. So if he fails that uh, ward save, then there goes the peg. And uh, he flies as well, so he's got worried about clip rungs. Damn straight he does. <laughs> But yeah, I like it. I think it's cool. I, I like the mixture well. of the knights and the peasants. He's got the peasant crusaders as well, so he's got a third block of guys that he can go after the bridge with. Yeah, he's got he's got lots of options in this, which I really like. He's gone for divination as well for the uh, damsel, mm-hmm. which is uh, interesting because I think this is only I think this is probably the first time I've ever seen him with divination. In the past, he's only uh, well that I've seen him play anyway. He's done uh, druidism or shamanism, so. Yeah, and he inadvertently gets, like, three totems on the table. <laughs> he oh, seems to roll really well for his totems. Yeah, but I guess he's done that so he can boost the peasants more, since the peasants are, are bigger. Kind of yeah, I like the animation as lower, I think it's good, especially for these kind of armies. I think it's really good. I mean, normally the main issue with divination is it's range, it's quite short range, but he's, he's damned his own foot, so she'll either just be hoofing it on her own, or she'll be in a unit kind of behind everything, so she's relatively safe no matter what she does. So mm. yeah, no, I like it. Interesting that he went for the scorpion. I guess just to give him some kind of. It might have just been points armor. as well. It's only 135 points. Yeah. Trebuchet solid. 
Scorpion just, just was it? 48 inch range. Yeah. Strength 6, D3 plus 1. Uh, multiple mm-hmm. wounds, quick wings, AP6. AP6. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, good. Easy. Yeah, thumbs up. And that comes to 4499, so he's almost at oh. max points as well. So he gets bonus points for that. So, moving on. The Spanish stallion <laughs> himself. <laughs> yeah. To Guillermo. Guillermo. So he's rocking the Saurian Ancients. His list is exactly 4,500 yes, points. So we're he's a baller as well. People are going to think we'd still have OCD, but I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For characters, he's got a firstborn warlord for his general. He's on the Carnosaur. He's got the Glittering Cuirass, Potion of Swiftness, Spear of the Stampede, Talisman of Greater Shielding, and a shield for 730 points. And he has a Skink Priest mounted on a Taurosaur, three learned spells with Shamanism, he's got the Jade Staff, and just a giant blowpipe on the Dinosaur for 720 points. For core, he's got two blocks of 20 Soaring Warriors, full command, Spears and Shield. Soaring Warriors. Sorry? Did you say sorry warriors? Sorry and warriors. Sorry, sorry. What did you think I said? I said sorry warriors. <laughs> uh, special. <laughs> He's got two units of five raptor riders with musician, standard bearer, and shields, lances. Pretty good. And for jungle gorilla, he has two units of ten chameleons. And he has two units of two spear bats. And he also has the Taurosaur with the engine of the ancients on the back. So that's, like I say, exactly 4,500 points. Yeah. Uh, I really like his list. The spear bats are a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. Saurian, or should I say, Sorry Warriors? Sorry <laughs> Are really good, really good infantry, pretty tough to get through. Raptors, bar the stupidity, are pretty good. They'll be good for picking up peasants. Uh, chameleons for scout, it's really handy it's going after war machines. Well. Yeah, for getting to people's camps, a lot easier. Yep. And they've got water strider with the spearback, so for their uh, bridge scenario, they're not going to give a shit. Don't give a single shit. Nope. And he's got the two, well, three dinosaurs, two torosaurs, and the corn, the carnosaur. The general's really good, like on the charge to just eat things. Would you think? So we've got to be careful here because we um, we advised Guillermo on this. So we can't trash it. <laughs> but I think I like it. I think yeah, maybe, I think it'll be I good. Think you can maybe tell that we've had some input on this because everything's in twos. It's very OCD. Oh, that's, that's your input. <laughs> yeah, probably. Now you got to take care of this. You can't. Yeah. No, it's a really good list. Shamanism's very good lore. Synergizes well with the, sync, with the priest on the Taurosaur. The sacrification lore yeah. attribute. I think the main thing is that he's relying on his dinos to do work. So if he goes up against a like a really heavy shooting list, like a dwarf list, or to a lesser extent my my list with the the cannon and the steam tank, uh, and he starts losing dinos early on, that could hurt him because that's really where he's expecting a lot of his hitting power to come from. But he's bolt throwers as well. Yeah, like bolt throwers, like something like um, Ed's Rose, which we call it Scorpion. You know, mm-hmm. what's that 135? If that can nail a dino, that's, you know, you're pushing five times its points back right there. I, I do really like it. I think it will do well in the scenarios as well because he's got all this water strider stuff, so he doesn't really care about the bridges. Uh, he's got plenty of fast stuff, fast scoring stuff, so he can get to the camp, but he can also get peasants. So mm-hmm. I think 
it's a matchup dependent list, but it's a good list. Yeah, it is. It's got solid shooting. I mean, his combat stuff's fairly tanky, just because everything's got good armor, good toughness. He's dino- all his dinosaurs are doing impact hits, so against other monsters as well. If he combo charges, he can just get them off the table. Yeah. Wait, this will just eat an MSU list. Yeah, I mean, the spear backs, I mean, they can take it a unit on their own. Yeah. But this is, the, this yeah, like, is it. Like, he said that you wanted to play these dinosaurs, and uh, mm-hmm. this is it. I, I think it'll be a really fun list for him to play. You better get lots of 20 nils because he's on my team now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair to say that Guillermo's relatively competitive. <laughs> no, Guillermo! <laughs> <laughs> so I think, he, I think he'll get one with a good yeah. attitude. He'll be one to win, so. If anything, you might want to like just rain him back a bit. <laughs> no, Guillermo, stop hitting him. Yeah, I think it's good. I yeah. mean, he doesn't have a BSB, but he's cold bloodied, so that yeah, doesn't need one. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's good. The spearbacks are amazing. Two units of two is that can just put so much hurt. That's horrible. Yeah, and the raptor riders like I don't. I saw in the the forum a lot of the Saurian ancient players really don't like raptorizers just because, and even Guillermo was a bit resistant because of the stupidity. But uh, I think they're really, really good. For what they are, I mean, 320 points on the charge. The the Saurus guys on top get two attacks each with a lance. That's I mean, yeah, they, they, six. Yeah, they're, I, I, they're good. I like them. I rate them. So yeah, yeah, thumbs cool. up. Yeah, sure. What's next? Do you want to do the next one? Sure. This is probably the most gentlemanly man out of our little ragtag band. It's Henrik Mau, <laughs> and he is bringing his trusty dwarven holds. He got four four nine nine, so valiant effort the points. Uh, so, characters to kick us off, he has a king who's his general. He's gone War Throne, so he's a, yeah, he's a baller. He's got the Rune of Mountains, the Rune of Resistance, two times the Rune of Shielding, Rune of the Forge, he's got Mount's Protection 5 plus from the War Throne, Plate Armor and Shield. His BSB is a Thane with the Runic Standard of Shielding, Plate Armor and Shield for 266. His uh, next character is a runic smith with the rune of gleaming, the rune of resilience, the rune of resolve, the rune of brilliance, the rune of devouring, plate armor and shield with 379 points. His core, uh, coming in at 1138, is 16 clan marksmen with musician heavy armor, shields and guild crafted handguns for 468. He has 25 greybeards, full command. Runic Standard of Swiftness, Heavy Armour for 670 points. For Special, coming in at 1306 points. Uh, he has a unit of 24 Deep Watch, Full Command, Banner of Speed, Plate Armour, Shield for 692. He has 14 Seekers with Vanguard, notably, no skirmish. He has a Musician, uh, they've got paired weapons and great weapons for their Weapon Master. Uh, so that's 384 points. He has unit 10 miners, little cheeky miners with uh, pistols and heavy armor for 230 points. He has for Clan Thunder 10 forge wardens with musician plate armor and their nasty forge guns for 300 points. And then to cap it off, he has a catapult which is rune crafted for 320 points. Cool. So do you know what all the runes do? Uh, I'll have a bash. Go for it. Okay. So, yep. Rune of the Mountains, that is like buffer cell. Yep. So you're re-rolling to win. Re-rolling to win. Uh, Rune of Resistance. 
is going to be plus... Oh, no, sorry. We're wrong. Rune of Mountains doesn't do that. It's plus one toughness. Ah, okay. Something else it does that. It does have that, but that's not what that rune does. Is that the rune resistance? So that's yep, the that's right. 90 one, points. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Uh, Shielding's the plus ward save, so you've got five up ward. Uh, rune of the Forge... Is that like Fireborn? Something like that? Yep. <laughs> uh, the runic standard of shielding is the one that's really good. It's like the six-inch bubble of five up against shooting. Um, no. No? Is it not? That's... Sorry, who are we talking about? You're not talking about the king? Oh, no, that's the king. Done. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so he's got the Sorry. the mountains, which is the plus one toughness, the resistance, which is the buffer cell equivalent, shielding, so five up ward, because he's got two of them, uh, the forge, which makes him fireborn, and then the thane has the runic banner of the shielding, which is the six-inch bubble, and everything within that yep. five plus, yeah. Uh, the runic smith has the rune of gleaming, which is the distracting hard target, resilience, which is the... Minus one to wind them. Uh, resolve. Shit. What's resolve? Ah, bugger. I don't know. Is resolve's magical move. It's a magical move? Yeah, six inch magical move. Wow. I wouldn't guess that one. Yep. Okay. Doors can do that. Is there anything they can't do, Paul? Let's be serious. <laughs> bear cap. You can't have bear cap, guys. So, what does brilliance do? Rune of Brilliance. That's a very good question. Who has that? Egotistical rune. Uh, the runic smith. Oh, I know what this is. This is the magic one, right? Yes. So this is the plus one modifier to all the spell and casting rules. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. my personal favourite is the rune of devouring, which is the one that you use like a scroll. But instead of yep. spelling it, it goes off successfully, but then it is destroyed for the rest of the game. Almost their equivalent of like the Crown of Scorn, so you can't take any. Oh no, it's not. That's not the one that you can't take any arcane items, is it? No. No. Okay, that's something else. You can't combine it with the Rune of Denial, which is um, their equivalent of the. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of the Aether Lodestone. That's on someone else's list. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. I think this is probably because there's quite a lot of dwarf lists. I like really like that. Uh, yeah, it's four. The Runic Smith build that he's got there. Because that guy is just all the magic, all the time. <laughs> I think he's really cool. And he's only 379 points as well. Yeah, he's not not expensive. The uh, king's pretty cool. Yeah, the water one's ridiculous. It's so good. So expensive, like, you really pay for what you're getting, but... Toughness 6. It's pretty awesome. Toughness 6. And you're re-rolling to wind with a 1-up armor. And he has a 4-up ward. How's he got, he's got a shield ward? Because oh, he's got two runes of shielding shield. and a shield. Fucking shit. Now, question. Does that mean he has a three-up ward when he's charged? Or can you not get a three-up ward? Presumably that's only a four-up ward. Does it not actually say in shield wall that it can't get better than a four? Yeah, so it's just a four anyway. So yeah. he's just rocking a four all the time. Pretty good. I think, anyway, yeah. Any new stunties can correct as a four-up. Yeah, so what's your thoughts overall? I, like, I think that's the one of the things that I like about the fact that there's four dwarf armies, but they're all completely different. Yeah. No one's there's no like one standard build that they're all bringing. I think if you were to play multiple dwarf armies on the day, it would still feel quite different. Mm. Which I like. Because you will be playing multiple dwarf armies on the day probably. <laughs> well yeah, I think every army or every uh every team has a dwarf army of sorts in it, or one team 
Dwarf one, yeah. So it's incredibly likely that you do <laughs> find more than one dwarf farming. Twenty four deep watch, that's just gonna be a bit of a nightmare to get through that. What are the Forge Wardens like? I've never played against Forge Wardens. Uh, Andy used to run them like a wee while ago. They're I think they're cool. They've got like the flamethrower guns, so they're like strength five. I think they're like, uh, range eighteen or twelve. They're not particularly long range. Uh, no, eighteen inch. Eighteen. Yeah, strength five, flaming quick to fire. But then the wardens themselves are still like I think their weapons go five, strength four, plate armor. Yep. So they're still pretty tanky. So if they do get charged by stuff, you can't just throw shit at them. So yeah, I think they're pretty cool. This is a very different list to the way that Henrik has run his dwarves in the past. I've never played against Henrik before. The only person I've ever played against dwarves is Andy's dwarves. Mm. And he tends to run them in a very certain way. It's a bit different. Yeah. I like it. Greybeards seem cool. Yeah, Greybeards are good. I mean, he's got two big chunky blocks there. The Greybeards and Deep Watch. Mm-hmm. And everything's really fast in this army as well. Because everything mm. within six gets swift strike on the charge. Because of the war throne. And yep. he's got plus one movement on the Greybeards and Deep Watch because of the banners. Yep. Yeah, it's just fast. So they can march 12? Yep. Right up in your grill. Two big meaty blocks on either bridge. He's got decent shooting to protect his camp. He's got quite a lot of scorers to grab objectives uh, for the peasants. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, Thumbs up. Are just like, boards are just really hard to deal with. Especially if you've got multiple units, because you can't really just outmaneuver them. So, yeah, no, I like it. It's good. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, even if, like, like what we mentioned before with the peasants, where you they can potentially pin you in place, like for dwarves, that tends to be less of an issue, because they're, they're going to hold if they're yeah. charged. And that's where they want to be, is in combat. So, yeah, I don't think that's an issue for them. No, I think they're good. And I think uh, having the 10 miners as well, because they're scoring, so they could potentially jump on and grab someone's camp. If someone's uh, left their camp undefended, I've got this like image in my head of the uh, forge wardens like walking under the bridge with their flamethrower guns and just like <laughs> putting forward this wall of flame and just daring anyone to come on. I like it. It's cool. Yeah, I do like it as well. I think I would have given the seekers skirmish. How much is that as an option? Is it like an extra uh, twenty odd points or something? I shall check. Right here. It is two points per model. Two points per model. I mean, max 15. I mean, it's only at 14, so... Yeah, it's only a maximum of 30, then. So that's alright. I would give them Skirmish before I would give them Vanguard. Just because they are more vulnerable, because they've only got 6 up. Yeah, they're unbreakable as well, so they don't really care about not having ranks. Because their big weakness is shooting, because they've got no defense apart from the 6 up, so having them stacked up like that makes them a target. And then what has he got on the Runesmith? Minus 1 to Wound? Yeah, he's only got the 2, so he's got Gleeman in the... So he's got the magical move as well, so he's even oh, faster. Sorry, magic move, really. yeah. But then this is the same thing where he's only got three spells, so it's going to be easier to close down. He's got the uh, the brilliance one, so he's got the plus. Plus to cast. Plus to cast never end, but I still think that's it's risky. Okay. So we move on. Move on. So James McCormick, the first of our Durham Raiders. James. Uh, he is bringing ogre cans. So for characters, uh, he's running a Mammoth Hunter with the Wild Heart, and this is going to be his general, and he's on a Tusker. He's got the Armour Fortune with the Axe Breaker Gauntlet, Potion of Swiftness, and an Ogre Crossbow. 
for 400 points. He's got a second Mammoth Hunter, SBSB, and he's mounted on a Rock Rock uh, with a Heart Ripper and an Ogre Crossbow. And a Shaman with three Learn Spells with Shamanism and a Great Weapon for 352. For Core, he's got 15 Scraplings with Bows and a second unit of 11 Tribesmen, Full Command, with the Skull and Iron Fists for 826. For Special, he's got a Tiger. And then he's got two Tusker Cav with the Standard uh, and the Iron Fists. So he's got Light Armor on them. And a second unit of Tusker Cav, this time four, with the Standard Bearer and Iron Fists again for 640 points. And two Yetis, paired weapons, 160. Nice and cheap. Cheap and cheerful. And then for the Chained Beasts category, he's got the Frost Mammoth uh, with the Ogre okay. Crossbow. And the Rocker Orc, the second one, with Ogre Crossbow for 480 points. And that's his list. 400, sorry, 4,498 points. I like it. It's horrible. Lots of things to charge you, lots yeah. of impact hits. It's a high toughness stuff to deal with. James is a gentleman as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing James again. I had the pleasure of playing against him at uh, Durham. And this is the same list? Well, it's very similar to he's gone the same kind of monster mash. His characters are pretty much the same. The only difference that I can remember off the top of my head is that he's added in these yetis. He yeah. Have, he didn't have the yetis before. Did he have pyromancy before? Yeah, he had a he shaman. I think his shaman's like... Oh, he's not. That's what he's done. So he's, his shaman before had the book of arcane power. Right, okay. So that's 100 points right off there that he's dropped. So I think he's probably just played about with his points to get those yetis on, because they're only 160. Mm-hmm. Yetis are cool. Yeah, they're a really good unit. I see he's general, right? So when I played him at Durham, I had my knight commander of the Sunstall and the knight unit <laughs> that was just going around, you know, just smacking people in the face. I was terrified of his general, because he's got the axe breaker gauntlet, which breaks magical weapons. So he's going to break your Sunstall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> So, I don't know, it's such a good item. I don't know, I managed to hide from him for most of the game, so that was good. But, yeah. He's cheap as well, he's only 400 points. He is, yeah, he's versatile, because he's, he's still an ogre at the end of the day and a tusker, so he can mm-hmm. take on you know small units. And then two rocker rocks is just solid, because rocker rocks, I, yeah. I would argue, are still the best monster in the game. They're just really, really tough. Yeah, probably. Really good. Um, I think yeah, um, the yeah. tusker cab as well are very good, just with their impact hits and stuff. And it's the, I think the key is the Frost Mammoth. It's very good. Because that has the ability to debuff initiative. Yeah. And he's got Iron Fists on things. So everything's going to be, well, all the Ogres are going to be initiative 3. And I think the Frost Mammoth is, am I right in saying it's minus 3 initiative for enemy units within 6? Something like that, right? I'll check, yeah, it's, it's minus. Minus 3 sounds right, actually. It's quite substantial. Because so, what I did at Durham was I didn't target the Rocker Rocks with my cannon. I was going for the the uh, Frost Mammoth. Because the Rocker Rocks are just going to be a nightmare to deal with anyway. Whereas I could take out the, the Frost Mammoth and not... Yeah, it's minus three. Oh shit. Within six. Which is... I mean, and the thing is as well, I mean, that's effectively like a buff wagon, but it's still like six wins toughness six. Strength six as well. I mean, it's only got yeah. four attacks, but you know, yeah. You can still dish it out against the right stuff. That's... Time and energy that you're not, you know, dedicating towards the big, the bigger, scary things. So, good, good, please. 
uh, and the big tribesmen block, 11 of them, yep. with iron fists. Like that on a bridge, that's going to be interesting to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skull's really good as well, because that's something like 20 points. Mm-hmm. I think that's like that makes you immune to fear and terror. I think, no, but it gives them fear, I think. Because they're already immune to fear. Because they're ogre. Oh, is that one of the special rules? Yeah, it's one of the ogre special rules. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so the yeah, so the skull makes you it gives you fear and you automatically pass terror checks. Right. Okay. So we'll park that on a bridge with your shaman in it, and basically just say, "Come get me." I like it. James yeah. came third at strife. Yeah, he did really well. Yeah. So good player. He's obviously been playing with this army, this kind of build for, you know, what's that? Even if he, it's like a year almost. Well, Strife was only March. Yeah, but he's obviously been playing before that because he had. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Stuff, so you know about that. He's got four ogre crossbows in that list as well. He does. I really want to see James play against uh, Guillermo. <laughs> Just have this like clash of the <laughs> titans in the middle. It's whoever gets the charge wins. Yeah, dinos versus. Cows. <laughs> uh, he's shaved down a few scraplings as well. I think there was probably about 20 scraplings last time he played. Are Yeti scoring? Uh, I could check that. Yeah, well, look, I've got the book here. No, they're not. They are not, right. So he's got four scoring units, which is still good. But they're Vanguard as well, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're speedy. Minus one initials. Yeah, light troops. So that combined with the Frost Mammoth. Yep. Because they've got paired weapons, they're actually initiative four anyway. Yeah. Strength five, so. Monsters and Fitches, they'll be getting stomps as well. Against the right. Yeah, Yetis are very good. They're a kind of unit as well that you can either throw them up to try and force uh, force a fight somewhere, or you can hold them back, because they're quite good at just protecting your, your backfield if you need them. Mm-hmm. You just need to try and chaff this list, list up and try and get your charges off. Because apart from the overcrossbows and the scraplings, he doesn't have any shooting. Nope. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of chaff himself. Uh, he's only got the tiger, really. And I suppose he can use the atheist as chaff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's the way I worked around it at Durham, was just because I refused to fight his monsters, basically. <laughs> I took points <laughs> where I could, but... Um, I ran away from his monsters. I ended up having to feed on the chickens at one point just to keep them away. And that's how I um, got around that. But, yeah, I like it. I think it will cause a lot of lists, a lot of problems. Yeah, and because he's monsters as well, I mean, he can just go straight through the river. So yeah, he can exactly. just uh, yeah, bypass that. that. So he can just get right up in your face. That first game is just going to be so easy for him because he's got options everywhere. He's really not limited by the river or the bridges because he's actually forcing you to fight him in a condensed space which is the place you don't want to be fighting ogres <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I really like this solid I think this is going to do well so moving on moving to the next on. list Joe Prince yep a second ogre list will I do this one yeah go for it so Joe is Joe's also a gentleman lovely guy and he gets extra points because <laughs> Joe has named his characters. Yes, I, I appreciate that. I really want to hear him shouting them out. Oh, I bet. Like, Joe's so quiet, room. though. I don't think he's. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'd love it. That'd be so cool. <laughs> just shouts across the hall. <laughs> okay, so Joe got four four nine five, so five points shy. So that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I'll let him off. Uh, his characters are right. This is it. Throgzor, the pulverizer. Nice. Who is a great can. He's the general. He's the troll eater. He has the buffer's helm. He's got the wizard's hood, which gives him access to either pyromancy, shamanism, or thaumaturgy. He's got heavy armor and a great weapon for 655. His BSB is Fangris Stark, the can, who has the stalker standard, the dragon scale helm, heavy armor, and an iron fist for 380 points, which is a bargain. Yep. Uh, his core is six bruisers, full command, heavy armor, great weapons for 489. He's got 10 more bruisers, standard bear, musician, heavy armor, great weapons for 821. For special, he's got 7 merc vets with full command, dragon skin banner, bodyguard, armor piercing, heavy armor, and iron fist for 990 points. Pricey. Pricey, but decent. He also has 3 merc vets with musician. Poisoned Attacks, Vanguard, Ogre Pistols, Heavy Armour for 350 points. He's got a Sabre Wolf, not a Sabre Tooth Tiger, for 80 points. He has two Yetis for 160. And then for Powder Keg, he has the Thunder Cannon. And he has three Bombardiers with a Standard Bear and the Gleaming Icon. And a Musician and Light Armour for 270, which is also a bargain. I like this. It's got a nice big block of bruisers and core. Great weapons. Yeah, he's got bruisers rather than tribesmen. Yeah, tribesmen seem to be the kind of default choice these days, but I like the fact that he's gone bruisers. Strength 6 on a big, chunky unit like that. Like trying to shift that off the bridge. Yeah, 3 attacks each. Combat. That's a lot of strength 6 coming out <laughs> Yeah, and stomps. And stomps. That mercenary vet unit with the banner. 990 points. That's pricey. So the bodyguard, the they've got armor piercing, the dragon skin banner lets them re-roll, re-roll ones. ones and their armors and their hits and stuff like that, isn't it? So to it's wounds, like all the ones. To wounds and yeah, armor. So that's really good, pricey like, but it's good. And it includes special attacks. So that includes these stomps. <sighs> that's a nasty unit. It's a really expensive unit, but it's a nasty unit. Yeah. I didn't really get these. Merc vets with the pistols, though. Like, fair enough, the poison attacks. But why Vanguard? I don't really understand the Vanguard. See, this is when we say we don't understand it, and then it happens, and we're like, uh, See, yeah, Joe did this to me last time as well, because Joe brought his Oxen Goblins to Strife. And I remember looking at the list and thinking, like, I don't know what this guy's thinking. This is a bad list. I, I will, you know, I will kill that list. And... I didn't play him, but everyone else that played him just said it was a nightmare because he just refused. Oh to really? Play. He tabled me. He played oh me. yeah, sorry, he played you. Yeah, and he just like shot you to shit, right? Yeah, shot me to shit. He had loads of shooting. He had pyromancy. He had wrecking teams. It was just a really nice classic orc and goblin list where he just everything functioned really well. Uh, he rolled fairly consistently on the day, and it wrecked. It was cool. <laughs> cool. Not for me. I think I got to turn three, and I had very little on the table. I think he's wrecking teams. <laughs> yeah, he rolled Lord, very like jammy bastard. <laughs> well, I think turn one, his wrecking team went 18 inches and went into a unit of crushers and decimated it. Yeah, not good, not good. No, I wasn't happy. But anyway, we digress. Um, 
Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I think Thunder Cannon's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's he's probably got a plan that I'm just not seeing. Thunder Cannon's really good because it's one of those things that yeah, it's multi-purpose. So it's mobile, it's tough. Also, you can't just throw crap at it because it would beat it up because it's got a big snow rhino. Uh, bombardiers, mm. three bombardiers for 270 points is bananas because bombardiers are really good. I would have more than just the one unit if I was an ogre player, but that's me. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I like it. He's got he's got yeah. bruisers rather than the the tribesmen. That's my only. I really like tribesmen, so I don't know if I would do the bruisers, but that's a preference thing. And obviously, he's got a plan in his head. So, so what you're paying for? You're paying for the the heavy armor, heavy armor and access to great weapons. weapons. Yeah. I just don't think the trade-offs there, particularly because Iron Fist are just leadership so as well. Their leadership eight tribesmen are leadership seven. I think like the little three-man bruiser units are cool. But yeah, I've seen them work really well. He just seems so committed to them that I'm just like, oh, this is going to work. Like he's gone all in. It's just all bruisers. I think Joe's like an amazing painter as well, so I think this army's going to look awesome. Like yeah. it's just a heavily armored ogre army, like trudging across the table. It's going to look really cool. So what do you yeah. think of the general build? Great right. can. So Troll Eater is the... Right, let me guess. Sorry, I just told you. That's part of it though, right? Because so, he gets regen 4+. plus. Does he get like plus 1 toughness or something as well? Does he Troll Eater? No, he just gets the regen, but he also gets stupidity. Ah, right, okay. And you get uh, yeah, multi-wounds 2 against monsters infantry. But he's going to be in there with the uh, BSB, I'd imagine. He's going to be in the Merc Fit unit. Mm. Yeah, to bring that up to 9, so that's going to be 3 ranks of 3. Uh, so he's going to be re-rolling, so he's not going to be stupid. Although it would be hilarious if he's stupid, because that stops the unit from moving. <laughs> uh, but Bluff as hell, yeah, so he's just really tanky. Yeah, point, toughness 5, re-rolling to wind. I mean, there's Strength 7. A few of the Dwarf Kings will fancy their chances there. Stalker standard, yeah, so they're, they don't really care. They can go across the, the river. The Merc Vets are scoring. Merc Vets are like five attack space, aren't they? Uh, I don't know if they're as high as that. Maybe four? Uh, let me just double check. Four attack space. Oh, yeah, they are four, yeah. But he's got them with. Yeah, he's got them with Iron Fists, so they'll be five with the Iron five, Fists. Yeah, yeah. Merc Vets are bananas. They're really expensive because of their. Um, they are good. And stuff like that, but they are. They're so good. Strip five, five. Yeah, he, he could have given the, the pistol ones accurate or something like that. I, I think I'm just missing something rather than. I don't know if they're just going to be designated to be anti-monster poison. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe he's thinking vanguard solely for the peasant scenario, just to get them up and grab, grab a peasant. Well, they won't be able to charge if they're vanguard turn one. No, but you can kind of. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just that extra level of maneuverability and mm. positioning that could be useful depending on where everything else is. Because that's the thing with the peasants. I mean, they can literally end up any, you know, anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Um, 990 points, though, if that unit goes. Because that'll have these characters in there as well. You think you'll have both characters in there? Yeah, I would say so. You think? Yeah. It's like a 2,000-point unit. It's got a big unit of bruisers. You might stick something in there. I'm thinking in ranks. So if you add two to the Merc Vet unit, that's nine, so that's three ranks of three. But then equally, if you add two to the bruiser unit, that's a bus. Because that's... 12, so 4 ranks of 3. Math. Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike last episode uh, where I screwed up every, <laughs> every summer I did. 
Yeah, I like this. I think it's I think it's maybe a little bit more fragile than the other ogre list. Yeah. Just because the other one's all monsters and it's all high toughness and quite speedy, but this definitely has the shooting advantage. It does, and it's still got a damage. punch in combat as well. Yeah, between the mercenary vets and the two units of bruisers. And the thunder cannon as well on the charge brigade. I think that's maybe a good way to think about it, that this one's probably more flexible, but it's a little bit more fragile, I think, than uh, James's list. But still, I like it. Gets a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. Who's next? Next is Matt Wilson. Do I do this one? Cool. Yeah, I'll do this one. So Matt Wilson's bringing his Infernal Dwarves, exactly 4,500 points. Well done, Matt. Baller. Yep. Um, for characters, he's got the Prophet, which is a general. Uh, he's a wizard master, bringing alchemy, three learned spells. He's got them mounted on the bull. Yes. Yep. So cool. <laughs> You're obviously a fan of the bull. I just like the bull, it's cool. <laughs> uh, he's got the lucky shield, talisman of supreme shield, then ring of fire, and Beshulux mechanism, I'm going to go with. don't know if that's the right pronunciation. Uh, if you're an infernal dwarf, you can Beshulux, email us. Can... I think Beshulux sounds right, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's got a... Oh, for fuck's sake. Of a Vizier? How do you say that? Vizier? Vizier. Vizier? I think. He's a BSB, Dragon Mantle, Talisman of Shielding, Charm of Cursed Iron, Razor Blade, and a Shield for 304 points, which seems pretty good. That seems quite cheap. Yeah. For Core, he's got two units of 12 Citadel Guards with the standards, Musician, uh, Shields, and Flintlock Axes, and he's got two units of 20 Hobgoblins with Musicians and Bows. For special, 17 Immortals, Full Command, Stalker Standard, Shields and Infernal Weapons for 510. He's got 10 Turka, Full Command, Gleaming Icon and Paired Weapons. Uh, for Artillery, he's got the Infernal... So, what was that unit called again? What unit? The one you just said, the special one. Oh, the, um, the, the Artillery? No, 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 no. Oh, the Immortals? No, not them, the other one. No, you're gonna have to tell me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How do you say those? I think it's pronounced Torok. T- Torok. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, so infernal Sorry, artillery. I, I rudely interrupt. interrupt. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was worth it. <laughs> he's got a rocket battery, uh, 190 points, and he's got the Kadeem Titan and an infernal engine with the shrapnel gun upgrades for 480 points. The pain train. What do you think of this? I've never played against Infernal Dwarves. No, neither have so. I. Like, no one plays Infernal Dwarves up here. So, this would um, be good. Yeah, I think I was talking to Nick and Munro, uh, what was that, two weeks ago? And we were talking about the list, and I said that, you know, Matt's coming up from Durham with these Infernal Dwarves, and everyone was kind of just like, I quite fancy having a go. Like, I think <laughs> when it comes to, like, pairings and stuff, it would probably just be, like, people that want to go against Infernal Dwarves rather than match up with them. <laughs> uh, but I, I really like his list. I mean, I, because I haven't played against it and I've only really been able to read the book, I feel that sometimes you really need to see things in action before you can really pass judgment on them. But I like I like the Citadel Guards. I, I really like the Flintlock Axes. I think they're really cool. They're halberds, but also they're shooting weapons. Yep. I like the Bull. The Bull's just badass. I think it's really smart. I like how his general's like tanky. He's you know quick in combat, but he's also his wizard. I really like Torox. I think they're really cool. They're like better, like armored centaurs. And uh, the Condemned Titan is just a monster. He's so good. 
yeah, that's the thing. I think that's the the thing to give you pause. I think you need to have a good answer for that because that's just going to eat through stuff. It's yeah. the initiative five that gets me. It's just the fact that it's going first against a lot of stuff. So good. I mean, he's six hundred points. I mean, he pro. I'm trying to think of monsters that are more expensive than him. A Shuriken Horror is five hundred points, so he beats the Shuriken Horror. He must be probably the most expensive monster. I can't think of anything else. He's more expensive. Well, I guess you've got like demon princes. They're monsters. How much are demon princes? Like just base cost. Oh, base cost. I can't even tell you. I don't run them anymore because. <laughs> I've not had any experience with Demon <laughs> Princes. Base cost for a Demon Prince is 550. Okay. So most people, when they run the Demon Prince, though, it comes out at uh, a thousand. But then he's a character as well, I guess. So. And then you've got like the EDC, which is 540 points. Wow, is he as much as that? Okay. That's the most expensive monster in the book. Um, a Gortex like 400 something, so he's not. He's not even in that league. Yeah, so he probably I mean, is. it's really good. Yeah, no, yes. And, I mean, uh, the paint train's really cool. <laughs> I really just want to see how the army looks. If it's like the kind of older models, or if they're the newer ones. Yeah, just you know like, the older ones with the funny hats. I really, really like. Yeah, yeah I'm not it's not so much of a fan of the the old ones with the funny hats, but <laughs> I really, really like just the Infernal Dwarf look. Like, there's so many companies now that do Infernal Dwarfs. Like, yeah, well, I was going to say. Moms are just amazing. They're so cool. I think you can do a lot of Persian stuff style. Yeah, I love how they've got like the goblins and the orc slaves as well. I think it just visually, like it really looks mm-hmm. cool. I think if I was doing a an eviler army, I mean I've got the undead, so and they're still in a state of decay, pun intended. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, I really just like the aesthetic of Infernal Dwarves. So the team Titan, six hundred points. So weapon skill five, strength seven, toughness six, six wounds, initiative five, six attacks. It, it does only have a five up in it defence though, so anything really that you're going to throw at it. I mean, it's not going to get any kind of save. Yeah. But it's whether or not you get to strike first or not. <laughs> oh, there will be, though, so it's got its private ward. True. Demonic instability, so combat res. I mean, it's unlikely with that amount of attacks and your stomps that you're going to be suffering from combat res. It can actually gain attacks if it's losing frenzy checks as yeah. well. Yeah, and because he's got the mechanism, that if he successfully casts spells, he can... Uh, is it only flate for the pyro spells? There's something like if he successfully casts spells, he can heal wounds back onto the Kadim. He can recover D3 wounds. That is... Oh no, that's the Incarnate, so that's not the Titan. Oh yeah, you're right, sorry. So yeah, so if he successfully casts from Pyromancy, so he's got his Ring of Fire, so if he successfully casts from that one and he's within 18, he can put a wound back on the Titan. Which is cool. I like that. Yeah, that's really good. But yeah, hard to say really, because, I mean, I've never seen these guys in action. The Kadim, I mean, it just reads as being brutal, so I can just imagine that being good. The Centaur guys, I'm not even going to try and fucking say that word, because I know I'm just going to say it wrong now. Dorok. Uh, uh, they are... I bet you haven't pronounced it wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Um, I don't know, I was looking at this list, and I was just trying to think how I would pair things up against it. Okay. And, like I say, this is probably from a point of ignorance, but Really, the only thing I'm worried about is he's shooting. If he rolls well, it could do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And the Titan, I'm not wouldn't really be worried about most other things. Yeah, I think certainly for your army, because I mean, this is still pretty much a combat army. A lot of this stuff. So, like immortals, I don't think immortals are really an issue for you. No. The Torox, I think they're good for their price, but they're not particularly scary. I don't think. No, my chosen would eat them. I think. Yeah. I think I've got a good chance of killing them before they even swing. 
See, I'm looking at them, like, like thinking, like, prime knight target, like, knights hit them, kill them one turn, get in behind them. How then... does the rocket battery work? Is that just like a volley gun? No, so the rocket battery's got two um, firing settings, so it can either do catapult 1, strength 7, multiple wounds, d3, clip wings, or it can do catapult 6, strength 2, ap1. Right, okay. But if it does the 6, and it causes 25% casualties to trigger a panic, you take the panic at minus 1 leadership. Nice. So stuff like against Dan's goblins or um, Skaven? Uh, Ed's uh, the Skaven, yeah, Robert Skaven. Uh, sorry, not Skaven. Fermus one. That was your fault. Uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a test and you failed. <laughs> um, Ed's peasants or even my heavy infantry that could potentially be nasty. It's hard mm. to yeah, it's hard to say because neither of us have got experience against infernals. But I like it on paper. I just like infernal dwarves. I think this is gonna be cool. Shrapnel guns, how do they work? They're volley guns, I'm gonna say. They're the volley gun, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's like the uh, steam engine, like the train. Oh, okay. So it's just like, it's like Thomas the Tank on roids with the minigun. Because it's D6 plus 2 for the volley gun. I mean, it's only range 18, but it's strength 6, multiple wounds D3, which is bananas. Like stuff like Nick's Gortac, I was gonna be terrified of that unit. Because imagine that, you get, say he rolls a 6, so 8. Hits, wounded on four, it's D3 wounds, no save, bye bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, that's the big downfall with the Gortac, it's just got no, no yeah. save. But even the Titan, like the Titan's just, there's not many, I think, Titan can go in any monster and give it a doing. Yeah, I reckon so. Because then initiative five as well, it's just so. Apart from a, like a Scourge or something like that. Yeah. Although he doesn't have that issue because there's, there's not, that's one of the few armies that we don't have, there's yeah. no uh, Demon Legions. The stuff like the Rocker Rocks that James is running, like the Titan will just pick one of them and go for them. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential to do a lot of hurt with this army. But, I mean, there's quite a lot of bits that don't really scare me. But I don't know how much of that is just an experience against Infernal Yeah. When we do the the post-seed show, they'll be like, holy shit, that just totally wrecked. <laughs> I love the build, though. I love his general. His general's really expensive, but I just love the idea of the, the flying bull. It's really cool. So, did you say that you have seen uh, Matt's army before when you were down at Durham last? I, no, I don't remember Matt from when I was playing uh, Durham. But just wondered if you had seen the model before. Yeah, well, not that I can remember. I apologise, Matt, if you were at um, Northern Lake. Yeah, if, in case you had like a half hour conversation with you. You just can't remember who he was. That would be really bad. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't remember any Infernal Doors at Durham. Right, okay. No, actually, you know what? I'm going to go out and and say there was no Infernal Dwarves in Durham. So either Matt was there and he, put, he was playing a different army, or uh, he wasn't there. Right. We'll let you all know what that was. How much an idiot Andrew is. <laughs> Shock horror. <laughs> uh, so we'll go on to the next list. Yep. So this is Matthew Reed and the Kingdom of Equitain. Reigning Strife Champion. He is. So he's got uh, big expectations. <laughs> Uh, do you want to take this one? Uh, sure. So, There's no, uh, nothing difficult to pronounce, so you'll be fine. Yeah, I nailed this one. So Matt is bringing Kingdom Equitine this time, so he's not bringing back the vamps. Uh, Matt is like bananas good at painting, so we're probably looking at best painted already, just because Equitine is there's so much opportunity just to really... Yeah, I think if you can paint well, this is an army that really yeah. kind of shows off their skills. Knights as well. I think it's just going to look amazing. But I digress. So uh, he is at four four nine seven. So you know, good attempt. 
he has the Fable of the Grail. So that's the 5 up board save against AP. For characters, this is. Uh, I like these ballsy lists. I think Matt's got probably the ballsiest list of them all. Because he's got a Duke as his general, with the Grail Oath, a Hippogriff, the Armour of Percival, the Blessed Scriptures, the Dragon Lance, and a Shield for 660 points. But wait, there's more. Because he's got another Duke with a Questing Oath, on a Hippogriff, with the Talisman of Roland the Hardened Shield, and a Great Weapon for 540. And to cap it off for his characters, he's got a Damsel, who is a Wizard Master, with three additional spells, and Druidism. She's on a Barded Warhorse, and she is 420 points. Now, if you thought that was ballsy, <laughs> it's about to get ballsier, because for Core, he has 2,062 points. <laughs> the first unit is 12 Knights of the Realm, with Champion Standard Bear, with the War Banner, uh, shields, lances. He has another twelve knights of the realm with champions. Uh, sorry, a champion, standard bear, shield, lances. He has two five-man units of knights aspirant with no command or no no command group at all, just with shields and lances. And he's got a unit of sixteen peasant bowmen with crossbows. Interesting choice. Uh, and light armor. And then for special, he has two of the best units in the game. Brigands, two ten man units of brigands. He has uh, a scorpion and a trebuchet, and that's it. So night heavy list. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yep. Which just uh, what's he got? Thirty six peasants between the three units. <laughs> this is a real equity list. I think Ed's got more peasants in his one unit <laughs> yeah, than this yes. entire <laughs> list. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's really cool. I really like the double monster, the double hippogriff characters and their their kit's pretty good as well. Right. Do you want to have a go at guessing the kit then for these? Why do you do this to me, Andrew? Because it's funny as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Funny as fuck to point out how little you know about other people's time. (laughs) I ballsed up the dwarven runes, so go on. I think you only ballsed one up, to be fair. Uh, It's just because I hate them so much. Like, I just sit and read their book at night. Right, okay. (laughs) So... The Duke, first Duke, yep. the 660-point Duke. So the general. He's got a 3-up armour. Sure, I'll take your word for it. He's got a 4-up ward. Sure, I'll take your word for it. He causes fear. Uh, he's, he, yep. he's half in multi-wounds done against them because he's got the Blessed Scriptures, yep. whatever it's called. He's got the uh, Breath Weapon, Strength 3 Flaming Attacks. Because mm-hmm, he's a dragon. And he does D3 wounds on the charge. Yep. Um, he's Weapon Skill 7, which is Redonkulous, a toughness five because of upgrades and mounts and oaths and things. Uh, the second guy has a two up armor and a four up board against ranged attacks. Uh, he's strength six, but he's initiative zero because of the great weapon. And I think that's just the kit they have, Impressive. right? Impressive. So, pretty cool. I mean, I've seen, we've no one's played against Matthew with KOE before, but Ed's run similar large builds with a hippogriff and even one like ed knows how to use them and he's super effective so dealing with two i think uh could potentially be a bit of a nightmare yeah but and he got druidism as well so he can be healing wounds on them yeah going back because he's gone i mean so much of his armies in core like 2000 yeah. points is bananas but, i mean they're big knight units so he's really gone I mean, I, re- I really like the list because he's really gone for it. You know, it's, 
this is obviously a list that he's just you know going to play it and I think it'll be fun to play it because it is just you know all nights all the time but mm -hmm. I think it's really going to struggle against certain armies I think even with the hippo I mean the general hippo rod's really nasty but again only on the charge I think there's a lot of armies that will really attack this aggressively do you think he's and got more in mind just to play the game and just kind of go after his opponent and not worry so much about the objectives and just kind of deny the objectives to his opponent? Because, um, I mean, he's got a lot of speeds. I mean, he's got four knight units at old score that can go after the peasants. So that shouldn't be an issue. Does he have the stalker standard? He doesn't. No. Right. I think, yeah, I think he's really going to struggle in the first scenario. Yeah, with the bridge. Because there's so many, there's so many big units of spears coming that if he gets one of them, he's gonna have to hit them in the face. <laughs> spears, that's not gonna be good. Yeah, I guess he's got the brigands that'll help with the uh, camp. Uh, are brigands scoring though? No, but they shoot, don't they? They're bows. Yeah, they shoot, but I don't think they're very good. I think they're only straight through. Throw enough shots at something. <laughs> yeah, okay. Some something will stick. <laughs> Got longbows as well, so yeah. Range and um, like I say, he's fast, so he will be able to get to the other side of the table by that scenario. And two flyers, again, they don't score, but they can dish out a lot of damage. I mean, for the, the camp one, I mean, he's mobile and fast yeah. enough, and he's got enough scorers to get the camp. For the peasants, <laughs> you know, same thing that he's got lots of fast cavs. Uh, sorry, lots of cavalry, so he's fast, not fast cavs. Uh, so he can grab peasants and get out of the way. I think it's really just the first scenario of the bridge one that he's really going to struggle with because I don't think he's got staying power. Unless he's going to just try and Smash prevent across, or, yeah, or the opponent from getting to the bridge. Which is possible. He could just like really push. But I think he's going to yeah. get caught. I don't think he's fast enough to get over. Get over turn one and then be able to charge turn two. Yeah, because see if he did that against me, I would just force the issue. I would just throw a spear unit onto the bridge because I don't care if he charges me. He's going to be. He's going to have to watch as well because the the night buses are quite long. Yeah. He'll have to watch when he's charging off the bridge because if he can't wheel enough to complete the charge, he won't be able to charge. Exactly. Yeah. So he's going to have to go forward all the way off. So that's maybe a good way to prevent that. Is to just chaff him up. Because but again, that's going to deny you access to the bridge mm -hmm. if you can't get your charges off. If you've got if your chaff units are in front. Knights of the Realm, I think, like you say, I think because he's a very good painter, I think they will look very good on the table. Yeah. Um, but they're not amazing units, and this whole army is really designed to work on the charge. So being charged, I don't like you say, I don't think they're going to be able to hold the bridge. When I played Ed's KOE, I think my Mauler chariot got into one of those night buses that he had. Right. It was like one three hundred point chariot, basically hold it up. Yeah, because it's not you know that many points. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, certainly for the other two scenarios, I think it really is just the first scenario that he's going to struggle with. And, though, I mean, you don't even have to play his game. Like, the game style he wants to play. Like, for the camp one, you could just, like, deploy around your camp and force him to come to you. And so what if he gets the charge? I don't think he's going to have enough hits to really break units. Um, I mean, the peasant ones, particularly the aspirants, he can grab and get out of the way, which is good, but... I think with Druidism as well, maybe he's planning on just regrowing the night buses. Them, yeah. But then if they don't, if they get bogged down in combat, you're just regrowing guys to get their faces kicked in, I think. I think this is one of these lists we're probably looking at and we don't get until we see it on the table. Mm. 
because Matt is a good player. He's <laughs> the reigning champion, is So, as mere mortals, yeah. are probably missing. <laughs> I think it'll look amazing, though, and I think it'll be fun to play. And that's you know half the battle, I think. So, yeah. So we move on. Yeah. Also, just the last word on that one. Is yeah. it good because of whose teammates are? So he's with Pete, who's his brother, who's bringing Empire, and he's with Joe, who's bringing Ogres. It's actually a good list to fit in there because it's fast and it can be very avoidance if it wants. So yeah, you know it's a good. Thing oh, I suppose. Um, yeah, Joe. I was, I was thinking uh, Joe's list was quite fast, but I'm thinking of James's Ogres. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Matt and Pete and Jordan. Cause yeah, they're actually all quite complimentary now that you point that out. Yeah. Cool. cool. Awesome. Right, next one. So, second Empire Army, is this? It is. It's Mick Doc. Yep. So, this is Michael Doherty's list. 4,498 4, points. Good attempt. Yep. <laughs> Well, that's getting <laughs> <laughs> We're like judging lists just on how close they got to the Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, that's 10 points out. That's shit. <laughs> that's garbage. I'm not even going to read this out. Um, so, characters. He's got a prelate as his general. He's on the altar of battle with the armour of Valund. He's, is that an accurate pronunciation? Or how would you pronounce that, Andrew? Uh, as I'm a resident US Is that US a typo? Is it not many Volmond? Boom! Empire knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> How should it be spelled? I think it's got an M in there. Oh no, I'm wrong. I'm, yeah, <gasps> I'm wrong. It's fallen. Oh my god. You're editing that out. Shamed. <laughs> Can't have the best Empire player in Scotland. Get that fucked up. Jesus. Awesome. Hand in your t-shirt immediately. <laughs> uh, right, I'll start again. We'll edit that out. So, for his general, he's got a prelate on the altar of battle. He's got the armour of Valand. He's got the dragon fire gem. And a shield for 616 points. Oh. He's got a marshal for his BSB. He's got the great tactician upgrade with the ether icon and a shield. And he has a second prelate with the charm of cursed iron with a shield, so he's only 196 points. For core, bear with us, there's a lot of units in core. <laughs> uh, first unit is 50 heavy infantry, full command, light armour, shields and spears. He's got a second unit with 40 heavy infantry, standard bear musician, light armour and shields. He's got two blocks of heavy infantry with full command shields. He's got two units of 10 light infantry with handguns, two state militia skirmish and pistols, very good unit, and 15 state militia with paired weapons. So for core, he's spending 2,110 points. So he's, is that more points than Matt's I'm just thinking that I'm going to go check that. I think that's more. It is more, yeah. It is. Well done, uh, <laughs> <laughs> For Sunus Fury category, he's got 20 Flagellants, Champion and Flails, uh, an Arcane Engine with the Arcane Shield upgrade. And he has, for Artillery, two Mortars and a Volleygun. Yep. So, all together, that's 4,498 points. What do you think as the resident EOS expert I think this list lacks teeth. <laughs> has a lot of gums, though. It has a lot of gums. 
I that's think. a lot to deal with. It it's is. a lot on the table. I mean, I Michael mean, is a big fan of the, the Village Idiot uh, idea. Am I right in saying that he pioneered this? Well, the Village Idiot's a eighth edition thing. Yeah. So it was a way of playing eighth edition Empire, where you use, you really like try and get the most out of your detachments, and you go lots of units that are all benefit from it. So Michael yeah. and Herman are, are the two guys who really push this on the forums, this kind of style of play. Mm-hmm. So they're like the fathers of ninth age TDI. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and he's basically tried to do that here. I've said this to Michael. I think the issue is is that it's just not. He's got a lot of units, but they don't hit hard enough. I mean, he's got a lot of good things like like a fifty man heavy infantry block. It's just a lot of bodies to deal with, and it's only five hundred seventy points. So, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty decent for what it is. Yeah, you're gonna even if that's in combat with a good offensive elite unit, that's gonna be holding it up for a couple yeah, of turns. Exactly. Probably you, you buff it up with the prelates and the altar, and then you know you've got something that's really not gonna shift. And putting that on a bridge, you know, imagine uh, Matt Reed's getting pulled against that on the bridge. Like, what's he gonna do with all these cows? Um, but I just think that. I mean, he's one of his heavy, like the 40 man block is just sword and board. And then his two support blocks, the 20, are just sword and board. So they're just strength through. Yeah. The, the parry, so they're going to be, you know, slow to get through, but they're not going to be taking anything with them. I suppose you can run the uh, the 20 heavy infantry, heavy infantry blocks as the support unit. So you can do the uh, yeah. support charge. So I think that's the big thing, yeah. Is that you lure people in. Because, the, the, because you would be running the other two units in Horde, they're so big that it's hard to charge the support units unless you're like really lined up so you're, you're most of the time if he deploys it well you're going to have to go into the big unit and then that's when he gets these counter charges and stuff off which is good yeah i think that's the biggest thing with this list is going to be deployment yeah and really has everything because there's a lot of units he can trip himself up with mm. but yeah, you know, just... michael knows that and uh michael said it numerous times that you really make or break this list in deployment i mean i certainly feel like that in my army, I think deployment's the hardest part of the game for every list. Yeah, but especially when you've got this many units, and for the peasant scenario, because that's the diagonal deployment. Yeah, you I mean you're kind of limited for space. I mean, it's, like I say, he's got plenty of scorers. So I mean, going after the peasants isn't going to be an issue. No. But it's just being caught out because things aren't going to be doing a lot of damage um, unless he's able to get in support units for the extra combat res. I do like the guy on the altar battle. I'm a fan of that. I think that's really good. The bubble hatred. Yeah, I would give him the lucky shield. I know he's given him the armor of omen to him, the plate armor. Mm-hmm. So he's the one up. But so he's just a three up, four up, right? Does the altar battle not give him points protection? Oh, I don't know. Is it the other mount that doesn't do that? The arcane engine doesn't. I didn't think the altar did either. I will check. Maybe it does. See, I don't run the altar, so I'm not actually sure. No, it doesn't. You're right. So, I mean, he's got his four-up board, so yes, he's a three-up. No, he's a two-up, sorry, because he's got shield involvement, so plate armor. No, he's still, no, sorry, you are right. I'm fucking rubbish. So just three-up, four-up. Yeah. He's got the other altars. He's got the arcane engine, though, as well, for uh, distracting. Is it distracting that gives you, or heart? Yeah, heart? yeah, no, uh, distracting. So, I, I mean, I think that's the best one out of the two, because you either give Lightning reflexes are hard target, and I think the hard target with the know thy enemy is just such a game winner. It is. I do like the other build though, um, like running 
and just go more offensive and just have like lots of flagellants and pre like bubble hatreds and I like the other spell that you get, the uh the massile bounce spell that you get with the foresight upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that can be quite cool. Because you don't get any saves against that, do you? You don't get armor anyway. No. But volley gun's good. Volley gun's good. I like I mean, the flagellant block. Double mortar is good as well. Like, you played against me a few weeks ago with something like this. And I took a lot of punishment going in with those two uh, mortars. Mm-hmm. And volley guns, I really rate the volley gun. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think it's really good. Yeah, just having that part on one side of one of the bridges, I think that's going to give a lot of things pause. We're going near the bridge, you've got to deal with the volley gun. And depending on how else he deploys his stuff, he can protect it with the uh, with the militia. Yeah. Just to protect against things that are going to be scouting or ambushing. And like I say, I like the flagellants. I mean, 20 of them is a good size, and they're only 380 points. Yeah, yeah, I like the flagellants too. So as that's a pretty nasty roadblock you've got to go through. They're going to be good for the bridges. Just throw them on a bridge. Yeah, it's softens stuff up. But like you say, I mean, between the flagellants and the volley gun, that seems to be the two heavy hitters in the list. And his spear uh, um, horde. And then even his spear hordes. There's... Yeah, depending on what you're going against. I mean, spears are good, but I mean, they're, they're strength three, right? Yeah. So it's only minus one. I think strength four in spears, that's like the golden... Yeah, combination. He's got a lot of strength for shots, though. So he's got two units of the handgunners and the, the skirmishing pistols. So yeah, I mean, so that's forty strength for shots. That's not in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not to be squeamish about it. So double mortar volley gun. So yeah, I think it's good. I think it will just. I think there's going to be stuff at the tournament that will not be afraid of it, like stuff like over cans. Yeah, it just it's just going to just decimate it with just, impact hits. Yeah, it's just going to mulch it. Characters are pretty cheap part of the general. I mean, he's not expensive, but I mean, he's, you know, twice as much as the BSB, three times as much as the prelate. Yeah. I mean, his magic's pretty reliable, because he's got the two prelates in the altar. Um, that's the way I've kind of been running it for the last few while. It's pretty... I mean, there there are some times where, like, I really miss not having that third prelate, just to spread the load a wee bit more, but it should be fine, particularly with the bubble. The bubble's really good. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the bound spells in the book are really good. Uh, and then the mortars are multi-purpose in themselves. I mean, the mortars will really hurt other infantry armies, but also you can use them against kind of lower-tier monsters. It's good. I just think there's there's going to be really bad matchups for them. And yeah, it's just going to have and to really similar to the dwarf list, this is the good thing about all the empire lists, is that they are all different. They are, yeah. Moving on, who's next? So next list is Monroe, Monroe Armitage, who's bringing his Dread Elves. And for characters, he has a Oracle for his general, who's a wizard master with four spells and cosmology. And for his BSB, he has a cult priest who is on a divine altar. And she has a lucky shield, executioner's blades, light armor from the altar, and uh, paired weapons for the, the dudettes on the altar. For core, he has 20 Dread Legionnaires with full command, white armor, shield, and spears. He has 13 Repeater Auxiliaries with musician, Repeater Crossbows, and white armor. And two units of five Dark Raiders with musicians, and Repeater Crossbows, and shields, and light armor. Uh, for special, he's got a unit of five Dread Knights with musician, champion, and shield lances. And he's got two units of 20 executioners with full command, heavy, we- uh, sorry, heavy armor, and great weapons. 
Um, and then for the destroyer category, he's got three Dread Reapers. Cool. Uh, did you mention the Ravencloaks? Uh, no, sorry. He's got ten Ravencloaks with uh, light armor repair crossbows. Yeah. There's a lot on this list. There is. Um, Monroe's obviously got the same kind of strain of OCD as me because he likes to do <laughs> Yeah, it's very good. I've played against this and it just seems, like I say, there just seems to be a lot in it. Like, he's got three bolt throwers which wreck my army, so that's very good. They're only 180 points yeah, each. bolt throwers are so good. And then he's got the repeater auxiliaries with the repeater crossbows. Yep. He's got the raver, raven cloaks with repeater crossbows. It's a lot of shooting. The horrible divine altar thing that he sticks, and the I think he's I think he's just going to put them with the spears. I think that's how he ran it last yeah, time. Yeah, that's that's the way he ran it last couple of times. Yeah. That's a bit of a nightmare because that's just an insane amount of reroll that it gives out. It makes that unit like really long as well, so it gives mm. them a lot of ranks. I wonder. How wide is the shrine? Is that just like a chariot? Uh, I think it should be four. Just a 50 by 100? No, 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 because mm. the war platform, so it should be 60. It's 60 or 80. Right, okay. I think it might be 80. I'm just wondering how he deals with the bridges. No, it can't be. It's got to be 60. Yeah, on either side. That's right. Yeah, because it'll just it'll count as like five wide. Oh, in fact, when we played this last, it was the bridge uh, scenario that we tested, and I played super aggressive, and I got onto his side of the river, I got into combat like turn two. Okay. Um, because I just wanted to keep everything on that side to try and mitigate shooting and to tie up the altar, mm-hmm. and it went really bad, and the altar unit just devastated. I think it was the warrior block that got on, into it. And I think I won the first round of combat, but he stuck, and it was just a grind, and he just, he got through the unit, and he got over the bridge. So, yeah, you can run that with the altar, mm. and the unit, it can fit. Um, and because the bolt throwers have got really good range, I mean, they can just sit on the other side and shoot at you the whole time. Yeah. And then the raven cloaks they scout, so yeah, they can the come two, on your side of the river. The two executioner blocks are really nice. Because executioners are really good against anything. Are they the ones that do multiple wounds against infantry? Yes. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's very good, but it sucks if you're fighting against it. Yeah, they've also got lethal strikes. They've got the executioners' blades. Mm. It's a good list. Like I say, I played against it, and Monroe's a very good player, so he knows exactly what he's doing with the list. Yeah, I think... He did well at Strife as well. He did. So I think... This is going to be a strong list. Because he's kind of kept the core components of that list. He's just added more units. So instead of having that big unit of Tower Guard, he's kind of broke it down. So he's a lot more versatile now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's just really good. I think the key to his list is the altar. You've got to try and take out that altar one way or another. But taking it out is actually harder said than done. Because even artillery, which you would think, like something like cannons, you would think are really good at taking that out. One, you've got to make sure that you pop that lucky shield first, because that's really annoying if <laughs> you forget about that. Um, yeah. And then the second thing is uh, Dread Reapers, the bolt throwers. Like, bolt throwers are ideal for taking out enemy war machines. Mm-hmm. So, I remember I played, I mean, it was a while ago. I think we probably just, either just before, just after Strife. I haven't played one in ages. 
and um, he, he shot my war machines to shit with his bullet throwers, and there was nothing really I could do about it because they're they're so long range, and the only thing you've really got against that is your own. So if he gets the alpha strike on you, there's there's really not a lot you can do. No, and it's got good protection with the uh, repair crossbows that you can keep back there. So if you've got ambushers that can try and come on and go for them, then you're going to have three bolt throwers shooting at you, and that unit. Actually, no, I, I, can't lie. I, I played. I played him more recently because I had the volley gun against him because he just shot the volley gun. <laughs> He's got the two units of fast cav with repeater crossbows as well. Yeah, they're very nice. I like that unit. Yeah, I think it's solid. It, it does kind of what it says on the tin. You know, it's just it's, it doesn't really do anything too fancy. Just very efficient. Just very efficient. Yeah, and it's just hard to put down. I think the key is the altar though. You've got to try and take out the altar, and if you don't have the tools to take out the altar, I think you're really going to um, struggle. Yeah, I suppose if he rolls poorly, these shooting's ineffective, but I think that's a big if because he's got so much of yeah, it. Yeah, because you're having to rely on him not rolling. But then he's got solid infantry with the executioners. You don't want to be sending other infantry into that because nope. they're going to be going first, aren't they? Because they're elves. They're ideal at taking out enemy knights as well. Yeah, because they're in a shot five with great weapons. It's just nasty. <laughs> Very good list. Yeah. Uh, from experience, this is going to do well. Yeah, I think it's going to do well as well because it can compete in all the um, scenarios as well. Yeah, it's got five scoring units. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Yep. Next on the list, yeah, his brother, the Armitage. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas with his beast herds, four thousand five hundred points on the dot. For characters, he's got his Beast Lord as his general. He's got the Hunting Call. He's got the Flayed Hide upgrade. He's got Crown of Horns, Throwing Weapons, and Fencer Swords for 431 points. He's got a Beast Chieftain who's his BSB. He's got the Totem Bearer upgrade, Armor of Destiny, Lucky Charm, the Beast Axe, and a Shield, 376. And his Soothseer as a Wizard Master with Druidism, Four Spells, on a Raiding Chariot, He's got the Soothsayer Staff, he's got the Dark Rain, uh, he's got the Talisman of Greater Shielding for 585 points. That seems amazing for that yeah, point. Really good. Really good. Uh, for Core, he's got 30 Wild Horn, full command. They've got the Bloodied Horn Totem, Banner of the Wild Herd, Paired Weapons, Throwing Weapons, 550 points, and 215 Wild Horn units with Ambush, Musician, Paired Weapons, and Throwing Weapons for 250 points each. And for special, he's got 22 Longhorns. They have a musician and a standard bearer with the war standard. Um, 528 points. Two units of six Minotaurs with musician, standard bearer, paired weapons. 550 each. And a Gortak for 430. Yep. So we both play Nick fairly often, I would say. Yep. And we've played pretty much this list. Yep. And it is a very good list. Yep. <laughs> it can do very well in close combat. Uh, it's between the druidism spells and the totems, it can absolutely wreck. Yeah. I think uh, you've got to shoot this list, I think. Uh, but Dark Rain makes it really difficult. Yeah. Like stuff like the Minotaurs. Minotaurs just fall apart to shooting. But 
the Dark Queen really protects them from, you know, those alpha strikes and the fast. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's really effective. He's got ambush. He's quick because he's beast herds. So everything's like movement. Five, six plus, right? Uh, I think they're five, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minotaurs will be movement six, I'd imagine, because they're monstrous infantry. They'll be faster than their yeah, battle forms. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Um, Soothsayer guy on the chariot's really effective. He's a really good piece of the army. Yeah, because you can hide him pretty easy as well. Um, I really like yeah, I really like it. I think the one downfall he has with this, he's got no chaff. He's no chaff, yeah. Um, he's got no shooting. And that could potentially or, particularly hurt with the minos. Yeah, but so it's a lot of his punch. Not many, but, many I think, um, like, I've played Nick, and obviously we both play very close combat oriented armies, and a lot of the time, what I find with Nick is if he gets his magic off, you're in trouble. Uh, if he doesn't, then chances are things are going to go your way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, it's just dependent on who gets the charge. The Minotaurs are very good, but my list is fortunate. I've got stuff that can plow through Minotaurs. Like, I think the two games we've played fairly recently, he's had a unit of those going to my chosen with the Halberds and Wrath Mark. And both times, I think I've just about killed the unit before it's even gone. Yeah. But, um, and that tracks really well with points because the Minotaur uh, units are more expensive than my chosen block. Yeah, the Minotaurs will destroy kind of medium infantry. Like I had yeah, at least that's... we played a couple of weeks ago, and my knight unit took one of the units of Minos off. Uh, but he got one unit in to all three of my heavy infantry units, and he won. <laughs> It's just there's so many attacks, and when you get the rerolls for Primal Fury off, it's just, just yeah, that's the other thing. Primal Fury bananas. and the uh, bounce spells are good. There's like a really good variety of stuff in there that really complements the army. Yeah, see, these ambushers, there's 15 of them, but they don't have any totems, and it makes them very cheap and dispensable, essentially, or disposable. Uh, but they really. They really struggle without the, the tomes, I think. It makes them less of a threat. I mean, they're still good for coming on and taking out war machines, and because they're 250, you know, that's still kind of equal points trade. If they get in and yeah. take out a couple of war machines, then boom, that's them profit. But I guess, mo like other units, because they don't have the tomes, they're not as scary. And, but they're still scoring, right? Yeah, they're still scoring, yeah. yeah. So he's got six scoring units. And he doesn't even need to ambush them. Or does he? No. Nope. He does. Okay. Yeah, he can. Do you get ambush as long as it's a lower unit cost? Unit, sorry, the lower unit uh, number. Yeah. For or do you have to wear ones? Right. Okay. They capped. The Gortax good as well. I think. In terms of yeah, point, I think points, don't know why you yeah. wouldn't bring a Gortax. Because he was talking to me about that. He was like, I don't know about the Gortax. I might drop the Gortax because he feels like it just attracts fire. But I said to him. If it attracts. Did you smack him immediately and say, no, bring the Gortak? <laughs> you stupid boy. No, <laughs> I think that the Gortak, even if it attracts fire, then it means that you, they're not shooting at other things. They're not shooting at his wizard, which I think is a big deal. Yeah, I think that's a prime target, because, I mean, 585 points, that's a chunk. Yeah. And I think he really needs the Druidism, because he can be growing back. I mean, the Wildhorn 
unit. I've got into combat with it before, and he's just been able to grow them back, and it's just a massive pain in the ass. Yeah, but it's good. It's a really good. It's very straightforward. It's just get in your face and wreck, which I like. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. do anything unexpected. I don't think. It's it's very much you know here to smash you right in the face. Say the only obvious thing I see that's is just a lack of chaff. Because when I've played susceptible to shooting, but dark rain helps. Yeah. But good, I like it. Yep, I think some of the dwarf lists, um, the shooty kind of more shooty dwarf lists, will take it up on a on that challenge. But again, that's my yep. dependence. So if you play the yeah, cards, I'll be interested to how people play that. Yeah. How successful they'll be with getting the parents? Because I think in our community, there's just maybe only been a couple of people that have done that before. So yeah. And with there only being three players rather than four plus, it might make it more difficult to try and get a pairing that you want. Yeah, exactly. So Cool. Moving, moving on. Moving Next on. list. I like this list. <laughs> do you? Okay. I do. Well, I'd just do this one then. This probably yeah, so makes this more sense. This is Paul's list, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so talk uh, Okay. It. Cool. So it's 4,500 points on the nose. Uh, for characters, I have a Wrath Priest, who's the general. He's got the Waste Hardened Skin upgrades. He's got the Lucky Shield, Hero Sword, and the Talisman of Greater Shielding. So he's only 330 points. He's got a 1-up armor and a 5-up ward. So pretty good. Uh, Harbinger of Chaos, he's my BSB. He's got the Mark of Wrath. He has the Crown of Scorn, Dragon Scale Helm, and the Sword of Strength with a shield. So he's 410 points. So character... Uh, points comes out at 740 which is amazing because that gives me more points to play with yeah. so for core I've got two units of five fallen with mark of lust 170 points each and a block of 18 warriors mark of wrath full command with banner speeds and they have just hand weapon and shields for 610 so again core is only 950 so saving a lot of points for the special category so in special I've got a battle shrine mark of wrath I've got 12 chosen, Mark of Wrath, full command with the Ninetail standard and halberds for 552 points. Speedy, speedy. <laughs> Three dragon centaurs, uh, musician standards, and paired weapons for 468. Two fallen beasts, just Mark of Chaos for 130 points each. Two units of five wounds, 100 points each. Mauler chariot, Mark of Wrath, uh, which is 320. And five knights, Mark of Wrath, full command, with the Banner of Fury, and they have shields and lances. And to cap it out, I have a Blood Beast at 315. And that's it. Nice. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impartial. No, I don't think it's like uh, world breaking or anything like that. I just, I just really like the, the amount of points that I can play with in special. Yeah. Um, and yet, I mean. The characters are still fairly good, really, for what they bring. Yep. And the core is very good as well. Um, so despite the fact that it's kind of minimal allowance in both categories, it's, it's still fairly solid, especially compared to what most other armies have to pay for that yeah, kind yeah. of stat line and kit and stuff. Because, like I say, the general's still a 1-up armor, 5-up ward. BSB's only got 2-up armor. But um, he's fairly good in combat. He's actually better than the general, so that's pretty good protection in and of itself. Uh, warrior blocks just really there to be a tankier block and just to kind of grind through stuff. So weapons go five plus one a hit. It's going to be most, hitting most things on twos. 
only strength four, but against direct target, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, and then the two units of Fallen are very good with the light troops. Uh, Mark Lost as well. It's like uh, that's my favourite way of running them, just for the rerolls on the charge and stuff, because they're movement six. The Shrine, I really love, just because taking the Mark of Wrath gives you the five-up ward against uh, magic, anything that's yeah. six inches. And it's surprisingly survivable as well, because it's got um, four-up armor, four-up ward. Uh, the Chosen, that's like the, the blender in the list. There's only 12 of them, so they, they're a little bit fragile against shooting, but if, with the Shrine, that's pretty good protection. Um, and because they've got the 90 old standard, they're given everything that's infantry plus one movement within six inches. Yeah. So the warriors are actually movement six rather than just four base, and if the fallen are nearby, they're movement seven, yeah. which is awesome. The dragon centaurs, I really like these guys. Just the uh, movement seven swift strides, and because they're uh, boar beasts or monstrous beasts, rather, yeah. um, they're not taking DTs that cavalry would be, which I think catches people out, which yeah, is nice. Uh, and just with the paired weapon. That's just really good for going after uh, infantry. And because they get double stomps, that's perfect. Fallen Beasts for going after War Machines or just extra chaff, just the random movements, very good. I've had games before where they've effectively just claimed massive amounts of points because they can go after fleeing units. <laughs> just uh, chase stuff down, yeah. Yeah, just chase stuff down. I did that to Andy's Orcs and Goblins. I think I got his General's unit and his BSB's unit. And um, it was it was something obscene. Like I think captured like eight hundred to a thousand points Jesus. just because he was fleeing. It was ridiculous. It was like turn six as well. The dogs. I generally don't like Vanguard and the dogs um, because I feel it's a bit of a waste. You're basically just giving away free points. People just shoot them and then they don't really need to worry about anything else because nothing's close enough. So yep. generally, it's like using them as redirectors, setting up charges. Oh, cool. Pretty good. Moller chariot, solid two up armor. Causes fear. Basically got two warriors on the back. Very tanky. Poor man's team tank. <sighs> yeah, arguably. <laughs> it's certainly cheaper, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then the knights, they're just the designated monster hunters. Yeah, they're good. 16 attacks, strength 6 on the charge, hitting most things on 2s. One up armor. Cause fear. Very good. Fucking just evaporating and attach on the charge. 435 points as well as a bargain. Decent, yeah. Really good. And then, and then the Blood Beast. So. Yeah, Francis is awesome. I love Francis. He does really well. He generally gets his points back in a game. He's just good for terror. 350 yeah. points just to like force terror checks is really good. Yeah. I like teaming him up with some of the, the, the Fallen or some of the other kind of cheaper units. Yeah, just like the Light Division. <laughs> because when things fail, and depending on what you're playing against, I mean, that can cause a lot of problems. I think against something like Michael's List, because yep. everything will be quite close, but you know, there's a lot of other units that are going to have to test because they'll inevitably be running through things. So, yeah, Francis is very good. He's dirt cheap as well. Well, he's a really yeah, good yeah. monster for three one. Um, and because he's like, he takes a lot of stats at the BSB, so he's he's like weapon still seven or something. Like yeah. That. The thing that hurts him is the initiative. He's only initiative like three, I think. So you need to watch what you're putting him in against because mm. he's only got a four up armor, which doesn't count for a lot against most things. But yeah, pretty good. This is what I've been basically playing with for the last few months, so I'm quite comfortable. Yeah, I would say 
I think that's probably why I've been running it. <laughs> yeah. It's probably stayed in its current form. I've certainly been winning more and losing less badly with this list. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I really like your list. I think it's a, a product of the kind of play that we do, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that was I think it's good. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. It's a product of the it. environment that it's from. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use the words you don't like. It's a product <laughs> yeah. of the meta. Yeah, I think it is. Because... You, I kind of need that level of chaff. I think, like, at Strife last tournament, I didn't have enough chaff. And against armies like Orcs and Goblins, I just got, like, shot off the table. Yeah. They, they have so much to deal with, where at least this way, I've got means to go after War Machines. I can set up charges. I mean, you can kill the dogs if you want, even kill in the Fallen. They're only 170 points. Quite happy with the list. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. I, there's not a lot that will kind of catch it out. I think you can kind of... It's very it's, flexible. Like, what it's, it's really struggled is just against really heavy shooting an army. So, like, we talked about Monroe's list. Just against, in certain scenarios, like the bridge, I mean, if he wants, he can basically just shoot me to hell from the other side of the bridge so I can't really hang back because it's not really going to offer any protection um, and against um, Simon's list which we'll get to, uh, his Sylvan Elves they can do a lot of damage with the Pathfinders just yeah. with the, the shots. AP shots and stuff that they can pump out So, but yeah, generally speaking it's it's a good list um, it can generally hold its own in most areas so we're quite happy with it yeah, no, I agree. I think it's good. Okay. Moving on. Next Moving on. Uh, next list is Peter Reed's. So, another Empire list. Do you want to take this good. one? Yeah, sure. Peter Reed is playing with the Iron Boys, so he is on the Warriors of Westeros team. He's playing Empire. Uh, his characters uh, come in at 925 points. His general is the Prelate on the Altar of Baffle. He's got the Crown of Autocracy, so possibly his leadership. He's got the Skill Splitter. Which is an interesting choice. I'm a fan of the Ghost player. Um, it's got the Hardened Shield, Heavy Armor and Barding for 755. He's got a Marshal for his BSB, who's got the uh, Blessed Armor for Frederick the Great, so the 1 up. And he's got paired weapons as well, so that's interesting. So 236 for him. He's got an Inquisitor on a horse uh, with the Axe of Battle, so the 6 attacks. He's got Plate Armor. Barding and a shield for 334. For core, he's got a big block of heavy infantry with spears, so 49 of them, full command, light armor, shield, spears for 559. He's got two five man units of electoral cavalry with plate armor. Uh, one has shields and lances, the other has great weapons for 200 and 180 respectively. And he's got two units of 10 state militia with bows for 110 each. For special, he's got a 10-man unit of knightly orders, full command, uh, lance shield, so that's 590 points. He's got a unit of five writers with heavy armor, shields, and light lances for 170, an unusual choice. And then for the Imperial Armory, he's got a volley gun and a cannon. And then to round things off, he's got two units of flagellants at 21 man each, and they are 380 points apiece. That's it. I'm sure you're a fan of the Knightly Orders selection. I am a big fan of Knightly Orders. Actually, the kind of idea behind this list was something that I'd thought about for, for Siege. Having a big unit of, basically, a horde of heavy infantry with spear, 
probably two electoral cav units to just grab, particularly for the peasants in the camp. Um, and then having flagellants as your just your roadblocks. <clears throat> so I think there's a lot of a lot of good things in this list. So was this something that you were thinking about running somewhat similarly to your list? Because I know you had talked about the units of five electoral cav for just for claiming peasants and stuff. Yeah, I just kind of thought that that would be a good a good way to go for the particularly the peasant scenario to a lesser extent the camp one. I think. Um, electoral cab really suffer. I mean, the way I was going to do them was take the great weapons. Um, great weapons mm -hmm. and shields, so at least they've got the one up against shooting, but um, if you get them into the camp, then they're consistently strength 5, which will help. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and they're scoring, of course. Uh, but he's going with the, the lances for that one. I don't know whether that's just to have an option, a different option. But mm. I think, yeah, so the, I think th there's a lot of good things in this list. Um, there's a couple of things that I'm not too sure about, like the state militia with bows. I've tried them. I tried the the bow state militia and skirmish, just because they're really cheap. So you can throw them away. You can use them as chaff and that. But the pistols just do it better. I mean, the good thing about the bows is you can have them behind, like a big block, like the uh, like the heavy infantry. So because because of volley fire, they can just support, and then they can support if stuff charges them. But yeah, they're just strength three. Yeah, strength three bows. They're not really going to do a lot. Uh, even clearing chaff, they, they might struggle because there's a lot of chaff that's strength four. Uh, sorry, toughness four. Yep. Um, the writers with the light lance and shield. If I remember correctly, he took these because he's he's basically just got them modelled like that. Yeah, I had these for strife because I played them game one. But I don't think this is, um, you know, the strongest way to do do your writers. But you know, he's got the models, and that's you know how he wants to run them, and I think that's fair, fair enough. Um, and I mean, they, they are useful. They're only 170 points at the end of the day. No, they're dirt cheap. Yeah, for some fast cav. Dirt cheap, fast cav, three up armor. I mean, that's that's all right. And they can take out certain chaff. I mean, their big weakness is it's only a light lance, so they're only strength four. So you've really yeah. got to watch what you're throwing them in against. But you know, they've certainly still got utility. Uh, volley gun can't complain. He's only got the one cannon. I always feel that one cannon's never enough. I think you've always got to take team up with either another cannon or uh, the steam tank to really cause that threat. Uh, two units Bubble Hatred's going to be nice. Bubble Hatred's good. With uh, around the flagellants especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a nasty little block. Of, you know, especially if it gets these spells off. That's the other thing yep. that I'm not, um, not too much of a fan of is that he's really relying on that one prelate. So, like what we were saying about the other, uh, the, some of the dwarf lists, that it's going to be easy to shut down if the dice don't go your way, mm -hmm. which will really limit them. I like the uh, Inquisitor, the six attacks. Yeah, the Inquisitor is nice with six attacks. I mean, if you roll well, if you roll sixes to win, I mean, you've got absolutely no room to complain because he's only like three hundred odd points. Lethal mm -hmm. strike, D three wounds. I mean, that's nasty. And if he puts them in with the um, knightly orders, that's a you know, it's a solid monster hunting unit because you're just yeah. basically you're hitting them really hard with the nightly orders, and then you're hunting for those lethal strike sixes uh, with your inquisitor. And if he does, if he chooses to run the prelate more aggressively on the altar, then yeah, he could be supporting them and buffing them. Yeah, just so, for the hatred. I mean, I think just because of the general setup of the the list, I think most of the time that prelate's going to be behind that heavy infantry block. 
Right, yeah. He does, I mean, it's quite good because he's got the two electro-cav, he's got the knightly orders and the writers for support that can keep up. Yep. So he does have a lot of speed on the list. He does. Yeah. He's got a nice big horde that can go after one of the bridges. Fast scorers for peasants. Good artillery. A cannon and a volley gun are solid choices. Um, and the flagellants for just causing massive amounts of damage. Yeah. I think this will do well in the particular bridge scenario. I think the uh, the bridge and the peasant scenario is going to do well. So yeah, I actually think that in terms of the building lists for the scenario, I think this is this is a good one. I just think there's a couple unit choices that maybe um, it's not even better choices. It's just I would have changed the equipment up a wee bit. But again, it's probably. Just I guess it's all the points as well because it's like what you yeah. say with the empire. Like there's there's maybe good. Kind of optimal ways of running certain units, but because you have to pay for everything, um, points add up. I mean, his characters are only 925 points, so I'd yeah. say that's pretty cheap yeah, yeah. for an empire list, which is good because it's, it's freed up points uh, to go elsewhere. Um, no, I do, I do like it. And then I think the fact that he's managed to get two 20, um, 21 man flagellant units is good as well because they will be a nightmare. Because you just throw them yeah. and stuff, you don't really, 380 points, like, you don't care. They can hold up. You know, probably double their points value for consistent turns. Even stuff like Chosen. Chosen will eat through them probably fastest out of most special infantry, but they're not going to get through them in one turn. And you're going to take. It's just their ability to strike even if they die. Exactly, yeah. And it's strength five, you know. It's good. It's good. Yeah, you don't want to be waste. Like, I wouldn't waste Chosen on a flagellant block. Because I probably would wreck them, but they're going to do damage to me, and I'm only running uh, chosen in a unit twelve, yeah. and I, I'm not risking that. So I need to find another way to deal with them, and I can't shoot them as well. So against certain armies as well, like flagellants would do really well. Yeah. So against Nick, uh, Beasts, I think that's a good choice because yeah. Nick will want to get into close combat, but he won't want to get into them because even if Nick wins, he's he's not going to be at full health when he comes out at the end of that. Yeah, even like sending yeah, your flagellants into the Minotaurs. I mean, Minotaurs yeah. will eat them, but the flagellants will probably kill the Minotaurs in the process. Yeah, you might, even if you kill two Minotaurs, maybe three. He's maybe the back rank. Because he's strength five, so I think he's probably going to do more. I guess Minotaurs don't have any armor, so yeah. yeah. That's a lot, because I mean, the Minotaurs are pumping out that many attacks, even getting rid of the back rank. Yeah, and you know, they're almost double, double their points as well, so. No, that's really good. I, I, I do quite like this list, and like we said before, so people are probably getting sick of hearing this, but it's different from the other two Empire lists. Yeah. No, it's good. I like it, and it, it gives the, the team something different as well. I think that's that's probably the strongest point that that team has, is that they've got options. Mm-hmm. That's good. So our next cool. list is Robert so, McGregor next with uh, Vermin Swarm. Do you want to do this one, Paul? Yeah, I'll do this one. So, Robert is bringing a Vermin Tyrant for his general. He's on the Vermin Guard litter. He's got the bronze uh, breastplate with the Sword of Strength. He's got the Talisman of Shielding and a shield for 325 points. Uh, There's a Vermin Chief, which is the BSB. He's got the Stalker Standard, the Charm of Cursed Iron, the Hardened Shields, Paired Tails, sorry, Paired Weapons and Tail for 278 there is also a Vermin Plague Prophet. He's a wizard apprentice with shamanism. He's mounted on the pendulum with the Cauldron of Blight. He's got two Dark Shards 
and paired weapons at 786. For Core, he's got two units of 20 Ratit Arms with full command. They've got light armor, hand weapons and shields. There's a block of 40 Plague Brotherhood, full command, the icon of Relentless Company, paired weapons for 600 points. And another unit of 37 Plague Brotherhood with full command and paired weapons at 5 to 8. Uh, for special, there's 14 Plague uh, Disciples, Champion uh, with Plague Flails for 330. One Meat Grinder uh, for 140 points. Two units of two Rat Swarms at 90 points each. For the Tunnel Gunners section, there's two units of three Duzails and a Dreadmill. And finally, an Abomination. And that rounds out his list at 4497. Hmm. So I'm completely lost, really, when it comes to BS. Like, I've never played them, so I've got no idea what any of this actually means. Okay. So what do you think? i played them a few times, and I still <laughs> don't really know uh, what it all means. I think the big thing is obviously that he's, he's gone for the uh, Plague Prophet on the p- Pendulum. It's just when you put the Pendulum in a unit of the Plague Brotherhood, it's just solid. It's a proper brick, and... There's not a lot that will stand up to it front on. Uh, I mean, the big thing with with the Plague Prophets is the Frenzy. Sorry, the um, the Plague Brotherhood. So there's ways around that kind of setup because basically you just chaff it up, you get it to run off in a different direction, you flank it, you break it. Because once you once you flank it, because you can't make weight to the side, you know that's just how you break that unit. But he's got two big blocks of Plague Brotherhood, so it makes it harder. So the Plague Brotherhood, they are Weapon Skill 3, Strength 3, Toughness 4, Initiative 3, 1 Attack, Leadership 5, but they'll be up to 3 attacks with the paired weapons and Frenzy. Yeah. And so um, Initiative 4. Yeah, he's gone for Shamanism as well. Shamanism's re- Shamanism rather, is really good. with it. So yeah, so he's got the, the Cauldron, so that means he's got the uh, predetermined spells. Yes, sorry. Yeah. What does he actually get with that? Let me check. He gets Awaken the Beast, Savage Fury, and Break the Spirit. All of those are good. Yep, all very good spells. Uh, he gets the Attribute as well, so getting Sacrification up on the Pendulum, presumably, is going to be yeah. it's gonna pain be in the bum. Because yeah. he's T5, he's got uh, 5 wounds, and a 4 up ward save. He's just going to be super aggressive with that, isn't he? Because he's going to pop it in the unit with the Relentless Icon, or Relentless Company, sorry, and just charge it up. Do you think he'll have his um, BSB in that unit for the Stalker Standard? Yeah, I'm not sure, because he's got the Stalker Standard, and he's also got the Charm of Cursed Iron, so you would imagine that he wants that in the unit which he wants to keep around for longer. But. So you could have both in the unit, and then you could just basically march across the river. So you've got the pendulum and all these rats just marching right across, so you just can totally bypass that and just get in your face. And then you can send the other units to deal with the bridges. I mean, the other units are, you know, 20 rat arms aren't going to do anything to anyone. He's got the abomination as well, so that can just go across the river unimpeded as well. Plague disciples are a nightmare because uh, the initiative ten, the meat grinder is also a nightmare. Rat swarms, I don't see the point in having them there, just because they're swarm and they don't really work as chaff. They can go through their units, which is quite cool because they've got that special rule. But uh, yeah, I'm not convinced by them. So the Plague Flails strike at initiative 10, and yep. they hit automatically yep. with toxic attacks. Toxic attacks are AP6, right? Yes. 
It's nasty. Yeah, nasty, nasty, nasty. So they're strength five because they're strength three base with the flail. Shit, they've got light trips. Yeah. It's only got fourteen of them right enough. I'm just checking tough six ten. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. AP six. Have strength three. AP six. Mm-hmm. What does the dreadmill do? Strength five, toughness five, five wounds, initiative four, and it's for the shooting weapon. Eighteen inches, d6 times two strength, multiple shot three, multi wounds d3. Mm. So it can really work, or it really can't. But it's two hundred fifty points. So even if you just charge it at something, because it's a chariot, d6 plus one. It's got grains, you know. It's good for two hundred fifty points. Yeah, four up armor. It's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good for 250 points. It's fast as well, 3d6. Or it can yep. be fast, rather. Uh, the Giselles are... I, I like the Giselles. And um, the thing that I always forget about them is they've got uh, two wounds. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's two guys. There's one with the Pavese and there's one with the rifle. Yeah, and the Pavese gives them as a four-up ward against shooting. Yeah, from the front. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Uh, and the Abomination is just you know, it's a good monster. It's an alright monster. The issue with the, the abomination is that it's toughness five, so it's strength six, toughness five. Same with the blood beast. Yeah, and it's random as well, so it's three d six movement and three d six attacks. That's horrible potentially. Yeah. Strength six. That's a ton of attacks. Initiative four. Four up regen. And four up regen there. So there's definitely ways round them. Oh yeah, for sure. He's only well, yeah, it's initiative four, which I suppose is good for a monster. Yeah. He's stubborn. Leadership eight. So in terms of the scenarios, Bridges should be okay for him. Yeah, he's got de- he's got ways to deal with that. The the camp might be harder. Doesn't have any artillery. No. He doesn't have any offensive magic he with shamanism. Yeah, he doesn't have, have that many scoring options. He's really just got his core. So he's right arms and he's plague monks. I mean, he's plague monks, you know, with the red, uh, relentless company banner. It's fast, so there is the potential that it could just like run over to the other side of the table. Yeah. But you need things to go your way for that to happen. If you if you're Robert, sorry, <laughs> not if you not if you're playing against Robert. <laughs> um, Thing with the peasants, I mean, he's got five scorers, right? He's got the plague disciples, the two brotherhood, and the two rat arms. I don't think plague disciples are scorers, are they? No, do they not? I don't think so. No, they're not. So he's got four scorers. Thing is, though, you could be looking at that scenario from the point of view where he just doesn't go for the peasants and he just lets the opponent and then he deals with the opponent when they're out of position. Yeah, yeah, totally that could be. Because he's got that much stuff that he can kind of simultaneously go after different sections of the opponent's army yep. and not be spread thin because he's got that many bodies on the table. Yeah, yeah I think this is... Um, it's actually, it's funny because he's in the same uh, team as Michael, isn't he? Yeah. I was just thinking in my head, Michael's list would do well against this one, I think. If his mortars just go off, because that's going to he's going to take a lot of casualties coming in. Yeah. The are in. But they're in the same team, so that's not going to happen. He's got a volley gun as well, Michael, doesn't he? Yep. So that could be quite handy. Yeah, especially against the um, Abomination, because toughness five. Mm. That's prime volley. Yeah, although I guess that's... Yeah, it's not really an issue, though, because they're in the same team, so... Yeah, so... <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, I think... It's certainly more aggressive. Like his lists for strife, because um, I played him in the last game of strife, and he, <laughs> he had artillery. He had multiple units of the Giselles. It was more shooting based, and he had just three big blocks. He just marched them up. But the issue in that game was that my mortar just didn't miss. 
all games, so you uh, yeah. obliterated units. Did you win that 16-4 or something? It was something like that, yeah, 16 yeah. or 17. Quite convincing one. He got points back at the end because the Plague, the Plague Disciples got into something and just obliterated it. I think it was a, a heavy infantry. Right. But, yeah. I like it, it's very aggressive. But the randomness with the Dreadmill and the randomness with the Abomination could potentially not work. And then the Frenzy on the Plague Brotherhood could come back and hurt him as well. But it's mm-hmm. so fast and he's got so many bodies that if he just throws it at someone, you're going to have to like deal with it. And there's not a lot of armies that will be able to deal with something like the Plague Pendulum and the Plague Brotherhood front on. I'll be interested to see how this one does, actually. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, even going up against elite stuff, even if his opponent goes before him, He's got that many bodies, they can just yeah. soak that damage up. I think shamanism's a good floor. It kind of complements this quite well. It can boost, boost strength and toughness. Yeah. And what were the other spells we said he had? I think he has the Frenzy spell. Yeah, so he's yeah. got Awaken the Beast, which is the plus toughness strength, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Savage Fury, which is the Frenzy spell, and then Break the Spirit, which is the, the DTs. DTs one, which is amazing. Really yeah. So it's good. Um, I think, the, I mean, the way to beat Vermin Swarm armies is to take out their characters because then they just start to crumple. Or uh, to catapult them because they've not really got armour and they've got lots of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Plague Prophet on the Pendulum isn't the general, I think that actually helps them a lot because it's always the risk if you put your characters on platforms that they just get picked off by cannons and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, although, I mean, he's still 786 points, so if he loses them, it's going to hurt, but it's not nearly going to be as bad as if it was his, his general. So he's just yeah. going to keep them safe, I think. And so you think that the chances are, then, that the two characters are going to be in different units? I'm not sure. Yeah, I really don't know. That uh, Plague Prophet on the Pendulum, where do you think he's going to go? Uh, he's going to go in the unit 40, I think. So he's going to go in that unit. So that's a 600-point unit. So while he's in there, that's like 1,400 points. Yeah, I think he goes in there that's simply up. because of the Relentless Icon. Uh, sorry, I keep going. Relentless Company banner, because that makes him very, very quick. You just you can't use it turn one, but it makes sure that you're in these phase turn two if mm-hmm. you're not already getting charges off. So That's what I would guess, anyway. He needs to keep his general safe, because his general's not particularly... His general or his BUSP aren't particularly tanky or... You know, scary in terms of combat. No, they're quite cheap characters. Yeah, yeah. so there's. I mean, I think even my bishop would fancy his chances against both of them. Yeah, I mean, they combined are less than that one character. Yeah. So maybe the general and the BSP go in the second unit of the Plague Brotherhood. It's just you don't want to keep that back because it's such a big unit, so you will be. Unless he just puts them in a right arms unit and keeps them behind, which is an option. But then the risk of that is that if that gets, that gets targeted, by, yeah, exactly, by a mortar or something like that, then your general runs away, and then yeah, that's really okay. Six across the board. Yeah, I mean it's obvious what the game plan is for this list, um, and I think it just will depend on if he gets the little things going his way, like his random stuff coming off, and yeah, I suppose at that point though we're just talking about dice, and that's probably going to be the case for everyone's list. Yep, very true. So yeah, no, but, um, it's very aggressive. So I think it suits the the team quite well. Yeah, it's cool. And, you know, for a Vermin's list, it's not ridiculous. I mean, you could have way more rats than this in a list if you wanted. Yeah, and I think the um, way you do the Vermin, well, the way that the forums and stuff kind of tend to 
sorry, the guys in the form tend to play there. Burma Swarm is like just lots of shooting, and you know you take lots of the plague monks, but you take the Globadiers, and you have like this shooting as you advance, and then when you're in combat, you're throwing the globes and stuff. And yeah, it's a nightmare for armored armies. And he does that. Callus rule is amazing. Yeah, he doesn't really have you know those kind of things. I mean, he's got the plague brotherhood, obviously, but he's not even got met multiple units of the plague disciples, so it's not it's not ridiculous. And there's definitely ways you can get around this, but I think against the right matchups, this art, this list will be really effective because you just throw it down your opponent's throat. Yep. Cool. So yeah, good. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Next one. So moving on. Yeah. Next list is Simon with his Sylvan Elves. So do you want to take this one? Sure. So Simon's bringing his Sylvan Elves. His characters are. A Thicket Shepherd for his general, who has the Entangling Vines. Um, and then he's also got a BSB Chieftain, who has the Forest Guardian Kindred. Um, he has the Charm of Cursed Iron and the Sacred Spear of Cadron with Light Armor and the Shield. So the Thicket Shepherd was 360, that's pretty cheap. And the Chieftain was 366. For core, he's got 20 Dryads with a Champion, 25 Forest Guard with full command, Light Armor, Shields and Spears. And he's got six Heath Riders, full command, light armor, lances, uh, and shields. Uh, for special, he's got six Thicket Beasts with a champion. And then Unseen Arrows, he has a unit of ten Pathfinders and a unit of nine Pathfinders. For Fleet of Foot, he has five Briar Maidens with the champion and Poison Thorns. And then for Forest Giants, he's got further two Tree Fathers. It's funny, we were talking about... Um Simon's list in the first episode and how we both really liked it. Yeah. And then I think we were both quite surprised when he submitted this and this is quite a bit different actually from what we thought he was going to bring. Yeah, he's changed stuff. Obviously taking multiple uh, tree fathers, sorry, couldn't think of the name there. Um, he's, cause the original list had Wild Huntsman as well, he's dropped them for the Briar Maidens. Uh, he's dropped the Hawk Riders. Hawk Riders. Did he have a? He had a third archer unit as well, but they weren't pathfinders. He, did, they yeah, were he just had a normal unit of um, of archers, which I, I I actually think that was a good decision to get rid of them because I don't think they really added anything. And he, I don't mm. think he had the heath riders in the original one. And I think that, that like because he's kept them with the light lances, or sorry, the sylvan lances, that means they're still scoring. So good for the peasants and even good for the uh, the camp as well. If you can get yeah, because I mean, like fast. I mean, sylvan elf fast cav. How quick are they? Movement they're like movement. They're in core. They're movement nine, yeah. Movement yeah. nine fast cap with a four up armor. Yeah, it's decent. It's pretty good. And they're only, well, they're 274, so they're a little bit more expensive than other fast calf, but he's got six of them. I think it's quite a good. It'll be, yeah, like you say, it'll be really handy for the peasant scenario. Because yeah. if they get a peasant, then there's going to be very little that's going to be able to catch them if they want to just turn around and bugger off. Yeah, exactly. You can just run them in a corner and just stay in the corner all game with them. And that's a pen yeah. in the, the pocket. I mean, his big threats in this list are his um, Thicket Beasts, his Pathfinders, and then his Tree Fathers. The Thicket Beasts are really good. I really rate them. I mean, obviously they've got the um, the flammable, so flaming could potentially be an issue, but actually none of the lists have the flaming banner. Uh, the Empire lists obviously have access to the prayers, which can give them flaming, so you might want to... Stay away from the Empire list. There's the uh, one Infernal Dwarf list with Alchemy as well. Yeah. Um, but they're probably the only two hard, kind of counter type. Oh, Dan's got Pyromancy as well, doesn't he? For his Oxen Goblins. Oh, he does. That's true, yeah. 
so you would want to stay away from him. Uh, the Briar Maidens are an interesting choice. Uh, I prefer the Wild Huntsmen. I think the Wild Huntsmen are more expensive, though, aren't they? Cheap. Briar Maidens are 220 base. Wild Huntsmen are 290 base. The reason they're more expensive, though, is because they've got the Wizard Conclave. So when yeah. you upgraded his champion. Yeah. So they go Break the Spirit and Massive of Earth. It's two nice spells. Four up ward save is nice. Tree Fathers are okay. They're not they're not setting the world alight. So three up and eight defense, five up ward. Yep. But again they're flammable. Flammable. They're only five wounds as well, wounds, actually. Yeah. So I think cannon lists he's gonna to want to avoid as well as the flying ones. I still think it's a good list. I still like Yeah, it. no, it is for sure. Thicket Shepherd. Now, when that is in the unit of Thick Beasts, yes. does that... Five, if he's got the right upgrade. But he's got to choose whether or not they become scoring or not. Oh, wait a minute. Because there's two There's two that sound very similar. So there's Entangling Vines and there's Something Roots. So there's Entangling Vines or there's Entwined Roots. And I get them mixed up. So the Entangling Vines is in a challenge opponents must re-roll successful rolls to hit against. So he's not got the Strength 5 thing for the Thick Right, okay. Because yeah. that's how he was running them in the last list. Yeah, which I think was really cool. Yeah, yeah, something I forgot when we played, because that's the list he had when we played, and they had a, a peasant at one point, and they wouldn't have had that, because they, they would have lost the uh, scoring, right? If they had the plus strength. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's just a... We both forgot that. But I think this this strength 5, toughness 5, really adds, like gives them teeth, whereas strength 4... Toughness five is still really good, but strength four is not as impressive. No, I mean it's it's a kind of the same it's the same issue I have with the once once chosen in the Warriors book. The fact that they're strength four base, I feel you've got to really give them halberds yeah. or great weapons, which gives them issues. But I guess it depends on what you want to throw them into. Yeah. I mean, they're monsters infantry, so they're three attack base, right? Three or four, I think there's three. Yeah. They're certainly at the conservative end of monstrous infantry. I mean, they'll certainly go through most basic T3 infantry. Yeah, three attacks. Three wins. And they shoot three. Because they're getting stomps and stuff as well. And they're stubborn when they're in the forest. Mm -hmm. He had uh, druidism in his last list as well, which was really nice. Interestingly, he said that he wasn't convinced on druidism. He just felt that sometimes when you don't get the dice, it doesn't do enough. I think that's just a symptom of magic in general. Yeah. Like I think most people, you choose magic because the potential is there for it to be, you know, so useful. And yet, when it doesn't actually do anything, you just kind of think, well, that's, you know, five hundred points you could have been spending on another unit. So, I don't know, maybe you just had some bad games with magic. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I really like the Pathfinders. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're amazing. expensive, but they're good. They're multi-purpose as well. Really, really. Yeah, I like them. But I'd be interested to hear why he changed it. I don't know because when we were when we talked about the last after our game, I mentioned to him like, oh, you know, you don't have a BSB, and uh, he, right. yeah, he, he was kind of humming and hawing whether or not he thought he needed one. So maybe he's decided just to play it safe for the tournament and just have those rerolls. But that would suggest that I mean the BSB has to go with the forest guard because of the kindred upgrade. Or just because that's the only place you can put them? Because you'd be mismatching base with the dryads because they're bigger. Yeah, you wouldn't go in the pathfinders because he doesn't have son of a bull. I suppose you could go with the pathfinders. I think yeah. I don't see any reason why not. 
there's one of the kindreds where it, I'm sure it restricts what unit you can join, or you have to basically be a solo character, but I'm pretty sure that's not it. So you could, but I dare say he's just going to go in the block of spears. Because he's got he's got the sacred spear of Kajon on him, which is a really nice magical item. Distracting one, isn't it? If he gets a one unsaved wound, but he's got an extra attack because he's the forest guard, sort of forest guardian, and he gets plus one strength for the uh, the spear itself. So he's on four attacks, strength five. So AP one. Where's he getting the AP one from? Because it's a spear. Of course. Yep. Yep. So it's pretty good. I mean, you'll be wanting to make sure that. He doesn't just throw that forest guard unit against anything because, you know, fragile elves particularly yeah. doesn't have druid. The zombies got to watch, but I guess the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the dryads are good. Dryads are they're good. They're they're a tougher unit you can use rather than the spear if he needs to. Yeah, they're just something that you throw at something. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean we've said before, Simon's a good player. He, he generally has a plan with what he wants to do. So. Yeah. No, I, I do like list. It's good. Yeah, no, it is. I think he'll do well. Tree fathers. Have you seen his new tree father model? Um, it's not the one that he's got like the magnetized arms. No, he's got yeah. a new one, which is like a. I think he used. He's probably going to correct me next time I see him, but I think he used uh, like a minotaur from Mears or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and he's put like um, like tree father bits onto it, so it looks like there's been like a dead minotaur that the forest has kind of reanimated. That's awesome. It looks really, really cool. The paint jobs are really cool. on him as well. So, okay, that's cool. That's something to look forward to. Maybe you'll be in the running for one of the prizes. Oh, I mean Simon's army is lovely as well. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. So moving on. Thumbs up. Next list is Stephen McCormick with Dwarven Holds. Yep. So for characters. His general is a king uh, on shield bearers. He's got the Ruin of Mountains. He's got two runes of Might. He has the Ruin of Quickening, uh, two runes of Shielding, and a shield and a pistol for 618 points. There's a Thane who is the BSB with the Flaming Standard. So here's a list with the Flaming Standard. We said we didn't have one, but now we do. He's got the Ruin of Iron, the Ruin of Might, uh, the Ruin of Quickening, plate armor, and a shield for 331 points. There's a runic smith with the rune of gleaming, the rune of oaths, the rune of reckoning, and a great weapon. He has a second runic smith with the rune of resilience, the rune of resolve, the rune of swift striking, and a great weapon. And both are 247 points. For core, he's got a unit of 20 clan marksmen with full command. They have the guild crafted handguns and shields. And there's a second unit of clan marksmen, 20 strong with full command, regular handguns and shields. For special, he's got 30 Kingsguard with full command. They've got the runic standard of shielding and great weapons for 1,010 points. And finally, he's got two organ guns and one rune-crafted catapult. And that comes in at 4493. That is a meaty unit of Kingsguard. It is. It's the only meaty unit he's got. Yeah. And everything else is just going to shoot you to hell. Yeah. Very simple list. Simple, yeah, he's just going to sit and shoot the show, yeah. Or he's going to try yeah, and, and he's going to have loads of bound spells they can cast. I think he's got all the bound spells, because there's only six, isn't there? Yeah. And he's got three on each smith, so he's got access to them all. The double smith's good as well, because yeah. like, like we were saying earlier, you know, it's the 
because the rune, the runic smiths can have got their bubbles through the cast, they don't just need to cast it on what unit they're in. Do they give the unit their NAP? Yes, yeah, so they give an AP one. So I'd imagine that uh, they'll be in the marks. Yeah. I'd do so anyway. do handguns have AP one anyway? Yeah, strength four. AP so the strength four AP one. So they're not going to be strength four AP two. Yeah, so minus three. That's horrific. Yeah, it's bad. Like, well, that's going to be horrible against high armor targets. So again, this is uh It does what it says in the tin kind of list. Yeah, really straightforward. Yeah, you know exactly what it's going to do. I think it's. I mean, it will do well if you play the game he wants to play. But likewise, if you don't, I think this has some major counters. So I think this is going to be like the kind of list that will either 20 old people or get 20 old. I guess it depends on how aggressive he wants to be. I mean, he, if he's quite happy just to sit on his side of the table, and if the opponent doesn't, then he's maybe just going to settle for a 10-10. I don't know if he's going to want to move up and put pressure on. Yeah. Or if he's going to deploy that way to force the person to come in closer and then he can make use of the organ guns. It's just a horrible amount of shit to deal with. But like you say, I mean, if you're running you know, a list with loads of bodies that can absorb that, um, depending on the scenario, then that can maybe go against them. So. Because, yeah. I mean, it's one kill a unit. I mean, you can feed it chaff, stay away from it, and then you're effectively neutralising. Well, the unit itself is 1,010 points. I dare say his king and his thane's going to be in there. Yep. So that's a 2,000 point unit. Yeah. If that pops, it's game over. Yeah, or if you just stay away from it, then he's not getting any points back. Yep. Which means you've just really got the artillery to deal with and the handgunners. be interesting to see, I mean, if he just does the traditional dwarf thing and keeps everything fairly compact, then it's going to be difficult to isolate anything because you're going to have that threat of the king's guard, but if you're going to swamp him, He's going to have to choose what he goes for. Yeah. I mean, the bridge scenario is going to be more awkward to get to him, obviously, just because of the river. I don't know what his game plan is going to be for the bridge either, because he's really only got he's got the um, the hangers, but you're not going to get most out of them because you're going to have to have them four by five, five by four. Yeah, that's even if he. I'd imagine he wouldn't put them on the bridge right away. He'd have them like either side of a bridge. And just and march up if they're free at the end. end. Yeah, but then the king's guard probably will just sit on a bridge. I don't know, I think it's risky, like, I think there's a lot of armies that are going to be able to get across the river, rather than the bridges. You think maybe he's just going to put the Kingsguard on one bridge, and then he's just going to dedicate all the shooting to protect the other one? Yeah, I mean, that would work, and then just march on at the end if you can. Because that's 40 shots, 20 of those have guild-crafted handguns, so that's, what do they do, is that accurate, that gives? Yeah, guild-crafted. And they've got a four-up save because they've got the shields and heavy armor, so stuff like mortars and catapults or even yeah, it's going to be resilient to that kind of thing. Yeah. And he's got a catapult as well to help him deal with hordes. The catapults, uh, the runecrafted one, that's strength four. So king's guard, weapon skill five, strength four, toughness four, initiative two, two attacks, leadership nine. Well, they're strength six because they've got great weapons, plate okay. armor. Hmm. So does that mean when they're charged, they're not getting the benefit of shield wall? No, because they don't have um, shields. Oh, no, they do have shields. They do have shields. So it's really just protection against shooting. Yeah, but yeah, they can't use the shields. So he's not getting a ward, you know, so he's not getting any kind of ward save in combat. I think so. We need to check with uh, someone like Andy. Which is interesting. Yeah, because let's just check the word on shield wall. If they are using a shield. Yeah, so you can't use a shield if you've got a great weapon. So you could charge in. He's going to only have... Well, he's still going to have a four-up armor, which is very good. Um, but he's not going to have any kind of ward save. So if you've got high strength and good AP, then... 
to that's four up forward as well, isn't he? So or if he can. The King's Guard unit. Yeah, I would imagine so. Just to make sure he's going to run. I mean, this is like a standard yeah. 8th edition dwarf army. Right. I mean, he's not going to be able to run them and hoard on the bridge. No, but I think this is the kind of way he's approached it. It'll be interesting. I think, yeah, I think if you approach this list wrong, it's really going to hurt you. But I think there's certainly ways around it. What's the range on the organ guns? 30. 30. And the catapult's 60. Runecrafted on the catapult, is that just plus one to wound? Uh, no, it's plus one strength, so the big one is strength eight and it's strength four. AP one, which is bananas. Okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just sitting looking at it like, yeah. I think the, no, no, the bridge fine. one's certainly going to be the scenario he'll be looking to do best in, because I don't think the other scenarios are going to play in his hands. Well, this is it. I mean, he's got, in effect, a quarter of his army have got handguns which are going to be fucking useless when things are in combat. But the problem is it's got very little for you to get in combat with. So the only way you can really hide is by getting into combat with either the handguns themselves or the King's Guard. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it could be that, you know, Munro and Nick have said to him, look, we just want to do a really defensive list, so we just throw you under the bus, which could potentially, because, like, if there's a really bad army that they don't want to play, they'll just try and feed them Stephen, and Stephen will, you know, try and just get a 10-10 out of it. I'd imagine if that's the way they've approached it. But. We'd never do that, would we, Andrew? We never, no. no. no we'd never have used a dwarf player no, on the no, list. No, 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 no. <laughs> Which leads us nicely on to the <laughs> 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 uh, final list. Uh, it's in a dwarf list as well. And this is uh, Tim Bucknick, who is uh, now my fellow Team Scotland coach. And he's coming up from London, I think. London ways somewhere, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is very nice one. He's coming up for a few games. So Tim will be joining Guillermo and I on our team. And Tim has as follows. So he has a king as his general with two runes of iron, the dragon, dragon's breath rune, the rune of destruction, the rune of fury, the rune of might, plate armor, and a shield for 500 points. He's got a Thane, BSB, with a War Standard, Shield Bearers, the Rune of Iron, the Rune of Dragon's Breath, the Rune of Infamy, Plate Armor, and a Great Weapon. He has a Runic Smith, with the Rune of Iron times two, Rune of Crushing, Rune of Dragon's Breath, he's fan of that one, uh, yep. Rune of the Forge, the Ether Lodestone, Shield, and Plate Armor for 329. For core, he's got 40 clan warriors, full command, with the runic standard of swiftness, heavy armor, shields, great weapons. He's got another unit of 20 warriors with vanguard, full command, uh, heavy armor, shields, great weapons. He's got a unit of... Sorry, for special, he's got two units of 10 miners with heavy armor and shields. Interestingly, no pistols. He's also got a unit of 10 rangers with crossbows and shields for 280. Uh, for Clan Thunder, he's got two Steam Bombers. 200 points for a Steam Bomber, that's really good. Oh no, it's not a Grudge Buster, that's what, Yeah, so it's the Steam Bomber, cool. So he's got two of them. Uh, and then for Engines of War, he's got two Runecrafted Organ Guns. What do you think? Quite different from the last Dwarf list. Quite different, but um, again, I think it's pretty straightforward what Tim's going to try and do. <laughs> Just get up in your face. Um, the miners, are, I think the miners are a good choice just for the scenarios. Uh, Rangers are good distractions. Rune, two rune crafted organ guns is just. Yeah. 
They're only 325 points each. Yeah, they're still very good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, and in the big block of... Warriors with great weapons. Warriors, yeah. It'd be interesting there. Again, they're they're only going to have a 5-up armour, and they've got no ward save. Yeah. I mean, if he's running the bus, I mean, they're going to have a lot of static combat res, but... Mm. I mean, I guess most things, just that amount is strength 6. Oh, no, they won't be. They'll be strength 5, because they're warriors. Yeah, well, if he's running them in bus, he's only going to have... Well, if there's no characters, 11 attacks. If he's running them 5 wide. Yeah, he's going to try and get them in horde. The only time he'll run them in bus, I think, is for the bridge. I like all the dragon's breath runes, though, because that's the breath weapon. <laughs> yeah. It's all the breath weapons. Yeah. Only the one runic smith, so, you know, like we've said multiple times before. Actually, why does he have the runic smith? Because he doesn't have any of the... Is that just maybe for the... For the AP? Maybe. And if he's going to be in with the great weapons. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe just bringing them for magic defense more than anything, so for the for dispels, because he's got the ether lodestone on this list. So is it what one's ether lodestone? That's basically like he can basically use that as a dispel. Right. It's like nice. a it's like a cheap dispel. Um, I think it's like thirty points or something. Oh, I think they so can that's have like their crown. Yeah, they can have multiples of that. Okay. I believe as long as they don't take any arcane items on any other characters. So there is a bit of a trade-off there, but it's quite nice if you don't want to be worried about magic. Cool. Yeah, I think that's what it says in the tin. I think it's going to just push up and try and get in combat. Yeah. So miners and rangers, do they both have scout? Or is it ambush that miners have? Miners have ambush, rangers have scout. Right. So that's pretty good. It's quite nice. Yeah. Steam bombers, fly eights, they're pretty Five. speedy. So he's got good maneuverability. He's got the runic standard of swiftness. On the big block as well. Ah, uh, right, okay, yeah. So the the steam bombers do the D6 times 2 strength 3 hits with armor piercing 1. Yep. Oh, and they can, they've got that misfire glorious. thing going on with if they roll a 6. If they roll a 6, the number of hits after the attack is moved on. The shotgun bombs cannot be used anymore. Oh, right, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you could only use it once. You can actually use it multiple times as long as it was in all 6. Yep. Wee. Oh, man. <laughs> That could be beautiful against some armies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's not really a lot to talk about. First. No, it's but quite it's simple. Forward. Like you say, it's quite straightforward. What does the Rune of Destruction do again? Destruction has left my memory. It uh, is multiple wounds, multiple. D3. Oh, that's a fight. So the king will be strength. Strength 6. Strength 6. Is he not just strength 5? No, because I think he's strength 5 base, is he not? No, he's strength 4 base. Oh, he wipes what's odd. Yeah, he's only strength 5. Yeah, no great weapon. Ugh. But D3 wins, it's nice. What's the rune of infamy? That's fear. Fear. I think fear might be my favourite special rule. It's not when you fail it. It's not when you fail it. No, it's not. Especially when you're running a big gribbly unit and it fears, feels a fear check. Still touch it with dragon centaurs. I, uh, I really am. <laughs> it's like it's like they're kryptonite. Every time I know they have to, like I know they're gonna fail it. They're leadership eight as well, right? Yeah, yeah. it's karma. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing really more to say about that one. Straightforward. Um, yeah, it's good as well. I think it's uh, because he's going to be in a team with yourself and Guillermo. It's another style of list, so it does offer a bit of. Uh, Flexibility when you're looking at the pairings. Yeah, I think I'll be kind of taking up the conservative position in ours because Guillermo's just going to like unleash charge chips. Yeah, 
And uh, that's still quite an aggressive list as well, so it's maybe like a midway house between. So I'll probably be looking to play maybe a bit more conservatively and try and bring the cannons to bear. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's all, that's all the lists. lists. Thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> no, that was a long one. Uh, so before we finish up, we are going to do the, well, we're going to announce the pairings. So we are. just for a quick run through, we'll go through the teams and just who was on them or who is on them. So the first team is Scales, Steins and Stashes. And that is myself, Guillermo and Tim. That's Sorry Ancients, Empire uh, or EOS and Dwarven Holds. It is. We have Grumble, Squeak Ho who are Michael, who is Empire, Andy Cowan, who is Dorbenholds, and Robert McGregor, who is Vermisworm. We have the Durham Raiders, so that's Matt with his Inferno Dwarves, Dan with his Orcs and Goblins, just Goblins really, and um, James with his Ogre Cans. We have the Warriors of Westeros, which are Matt Reed with his Kingdom of Equitaine, Peter Reed with his Empire Sunstall, and Joel with his Ogre Cans. And then we have the Old Alliance, which are Ed with his Kingdom of Ectane, Henrik with his Dwarves, and Simon with his Sylvan Elves. And then the final team. Right, you. Go on. I don't know. <laughs> Monroe, why did you choose this name? Like, why? This is. How do I. Right, okay. Go for it. Okay. Doviandi si toi, toiva Sagan. 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 Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. That's quite good. Every time I try and say it, I sound like I'm Russian. Doviandi si toiva Sagan. Sag- yep. Sagan. Okay. Also known as Dovey. <laughs> um, That's a good call, actually. I'm going to just be Dovey. saying that team as Dovey on the day. <laughs> Dovey are Monroe with his Dread Elves. Nick with his Beast Herds and Stephen with his uh, Dwarven Holds. So, we have already randomised the pairings with the help of um, my beautiful assistant. (laughs) The pairings are as follows. So, Team Scale, Steins and Stashes are against Dovey, or Dovey, in uh, round one. So that's the bridges. Um... The Warriors of Westeros are against the Old Alliance, and the Durham Raiders are against Grumble, Squeak, and Ho. And that is us. We are all set for Siege on Saturday. Siege on Saturday. See, brought it back. That's ours now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like we need some sort of American voiceover commercial type guy to announce that. Welcome to Siege on Saturday. Yeah. But an actual American. Yeah, not me. But yeah, no, I, I think the pairings have uh, worked out really well. Yeah. I think there's, um, I think, do you have any kind of feelings as to... For our pairing? Or, just for or any of them, oh, yeah. You know what we could do? We could do predictions. Yeah, so predictions for game one. Well, obviously my team's going to trash uh, W. Yeah, I have to say, um, that could go either way, I think. <laughs> Paul's not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> When we were talking about this, uh, before we knew who was going to be in the team, whether it was going to be myself or Andrew playing, 
I looked at all the, the teams because everyone else basically sorted themselves out. Um, and that was the one team that was a little bit, I think I would have been the most nervous about playing. Just yeah. I think just in part because we play Monroe and Nick fairly often. I've never played Steven, but they're all good players. And Steven's list, there's a ton of shooting in there. Monroe's list has got a really good mix of good quality shooting and good close combat. And Nick's uh, Beast Herds are very good close combat. So for me personally, I would, like, when we were talking about potential pairings and who we'd want to play who, like, I, I think that would probably be the one that we'd have to think about most. I would, I don't mind the pairing. I would have preferred it not to be the bridge scenarios for game one. Yeah, well, this is it, because you've got to bear in mind the scenarios. Yeah, because I think in... Because that'll have a big effect on, on pairings. Yeah, and either of the other two scenarios, I think, would have been in a better position. But because it's the bridges, um, I don't like that as much. Uh, but, you know, we'll take, it. we'll take it. What about the other parents? Okay, so Warriors of Westeros, aka the Iron Boys, against the Old Alliance. I think that's going to be a good one. <laughs> I think that one really depends on matchups. Yeah, I think this is it. I think this is the same with, with all of them, because there's a good mix of players at various skill levels and armies. Um, I'm wondering if Ed will want to get a mirror match with Matt. I'd imagine that's KOE on KOE. Yeah. I think Matt will try and get Simon because I think his cab arm is probably best suited to take on Simon. Probably probably get Henrik against Joe because Henrik also plays Ogres. I think they'll try and do that. Yeah, I mean, Joe's got good shooting in his army. He does, yeah. So I don't actually think that's a perfect matchup, but I think that's the one they'll probably go for. Um, and that would leave Pete against Ed, and my said gets Matt. So do you think, of that pairing, did you say that you feel that Matthew's team might opt for Matthew to play Simon? I would say so, yeah. Well, I think so, anyway. In that case, do you think they would try and pair up Joe with Ed. Because Joe's got good shooting, which could help deal with Ed's knights. Yeah, and he doesn't care about the peasant blocks, because he would just eat them. It would just, like, he's fine. He'll just throw the bruisers in, and they'll yeah. just absolutely destroy them. Yeah, it'll take a while, but he'll get there. <laughs> yeah, it might take him four turns. And then that would leave Peter with Henrik. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think that, that matchup could go either way. Yeah, I think that's the one that probably the Iron guys want. Um, We're saying this. They don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> and then you have got Grumble Squeak Co against the Durham guys. Yeah. I think I give that to the guys from Durham. I think. I think the Durham guys as well. I think the Dur- all the Durham lists are good. Um, They're very strong lists, particularly for the the bridge scenarios. I'm just going to check. I, I think that are the spiders Strider. In forest. Oh, is it just in forest? But they're monsters. Oh, of course. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Okay. Yeah, no, I think Durham will take that one. In terms of matchups, um, probably going to try and keep Dan away from Michael because of the mortars. I'd love to see uh, Dan's goblins against Robert's Vermin Swarm. 
I don't think that's uh, is that a bad one. I don't know. Like, it might be a bad matchup. I just think that would look hilarious on the table. Yeah, so many bodies. <laughs> so many bodies, so much randomness. Um, and then that'll just come down to dice, just between the wrecking teams and the mad gets and where they end up with things like the abomination and stuff like that. I think that could be yeah, pretty cool. I think, I think Dan might want that one. He's certainly got the bodies to absorb the damage. Yeah, I think you want James going against Andy, um, which is funny because they played first game of Strife. And oh, was, did they? Yeah, yeah, and it was a real nail-biter. It went right to the wire. I think James won in the end? James squeaked it, uh, so that'll be a good rematch opportunity. Yeah. Who would you want Michael to be against? I think Michael would probably want to try and... Uh, yeah, I think Michael would probably try and want to get Dan. Yeah, I think so. Just because he can bring his mortars to bear. Yeah. Um, I think Matt is actually okay against all of them. Like, I don't think Matt will really be... Yeah, he's got a good mix. He's got like some cheap units with the yeah. Hobgoblins, and he's got some good shooting. And he's got magic as well. The only one he might not want to play is the Vermin Swarm. I'm right in saying his Matt's list's fairly low model count. It is, yeah. I mean, it's it's got a lot of shooting. It's It's got combat in it. I think the idea is that he... You shoot she as you come in, and then you finish you off in combat, but I don't know if that would work against the Vermis one, because they've just got so many bodies. Oh, it's got me excited. <laughs> maybe Mike, like, I'm just thinking, maybe Michael's list would be good against the Infernal Dwarves, because he's got, like, the artillery to do deal with a Kadim, mm. and he could possibly, I don't know, maybe he's just got the the bodies to deal with the shooting damage, and he's got the flagellants and stuff, that if he can get into the right thing, he can do a lot of the damage. I don't know. It's interesting, like you say. I mean, it's it'll be good to see on the day how the parents work and whether people are able to get the parents that they actually want. Because it'll be tricky because there's only the three people. Yeah, I mean, so I think much it'll really, down to that first parent. Yeah, exactly. Like who do they decide to drop first, and they can really try and mitigate the the choice uh, when they're pairing up against their opponent's first drop. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, um, it's exciting. Ready yeah, it'll be good. Ready see, this is this is why I'm like I'm kind of happy not to play because I can actually kind of see how a lot of this stuff goes down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was the same. Like, I would have been happy not to play because I think there's going to be a lot of good games on show, a lot of lovely armies. I think it's just going to be a really good day. Really yeah, it will be for sure. So, who do you think? Right, predictions. Team to win overall. Before we close up. Hmm. Just purely on lists, and purely on, well not purely, because obviously there's two factors. So on lists and kind of playing ability that you know. I think that's a good thing about the teams and how they've worked out, because I think they've all got good levels of experience. Like where you've got, like I'd say there's maybe like five or six people at the tournament that are less experienced than the rest of the players. But they're all kind of evenly distributed, so it's not really to anyone's disadvantage. Um, and there's a good mix of lists within each team that, again, even someone that's maybe less experienced, they've maybe got a list that can deal with someone else's. So it's really hard to predict um, who I think could win overall. I think the Durham guys, I mean, they all did quite well at the last tournament. I think they pulled, was it second and, well, first and third, maybe? Was it yourself that was second? What? Uh, it's Strife. It's Strife, no. It was uh, Matt won overall, and then Drew got second. No, sorry, oh, of course. James got second. 
drew the third or drew the second and James yeah Bond. right okay and then yeah I don't know Ed and me I I I don't know maybe and maybe edge it and say the Durham guys but it's really hard to say it depends on matchups depends on the pairings depends on the scenario that that pairing is actually playing depends on dice obviously I'd probably go with the Durham guys I don't know maybe that's the the safest. I would say, yeah, looking at the teams, I think going in as favourite has got to be the Durham guys, just because I think all three lists are really strong. Um, I know that Dan and James are good players. I don't know about Matt. I mean, I've never met Matt, but I'm sure he's decent. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. If, he's playing with, if he's playing with that kind of community, I'm sure that he's of a good standard, because they all seem to be pretty good, pretty solid players. Um, but it's going to be close. Like, I couldn't tell you. Like, if I'm saying I think they could win it. I couldn't tell you who's going to be second. I mean, obviously, yeah, my team's going to be, you know, pushing for gold. Yeah, you've got the big uh, responsibility to carry home. <laughs> or just yeah. not come last, basically. Yeah, that's going to be the, the, the <laughs> Don't come last. Don't disgrace the nation. I, yeah, it's like you say, I think it's going to be really tight. Um Although I would say that the Durham guys are kind of going in his favourite, I don't. They're certainly not. I don't think they're going to walk it. No, they won't. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really good. I, I can't see there being more than twenty points between the top and the second, which sounds like a lot, but if you consider it's a combination of three people, yeah, that's not really that many points. It's I really know, just like maybe yeah, six points. Is one game to go really badly for your team. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be really close. Oh, um, I'm just I'm ready to go. <laughs> Psyched. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be really good. So, so yeah. I think the plan's going to be to do a kind of post-Siege uh, show when this is all done and we can talk about how the games went down and how it went and how people dealt with the scenarios and stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good idea for the next episode. But then after we get kind of Siege finished and done, um, we'll maybe see about getting maybe a couple of the guys on or get Ed on and we can talk background. Yeah, I mean, it might even be a good idea to get one of the guys on for the post-show because obviously we've been involved with this I from think the that's beginning. an excellent idea. Um, and we can maybe yeah. get one of them on and just get their kind of input and what they thought and stuff. So yeah. that'd be good. Or maybe even a couple of guys. We'll see yeah. what we can wrangle. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's a good idea. Um, but I think that's probably us. Probably us. So if you are coming to Siege or you're not coming to Siege and you're in the area, in which case, why aren't you coming to Siege? Um, we will be down at Common Ground on Friday for most of the day. Um, if you fancy coming and getting a training game or a practice game in before the big event. And then if you want to follow us at home and you can't make it to Siege, follow us on Twitter at uh, Siege17. And we'll be trying to keep that as up-to-date with pictures and shenanigans. Um, apart from that, you can get us on Twitter at Scottish Wildlings or at Scottish Ninth Age. Um, you can get us on email at scottishwildlings at gmail.com. Or you can get us on Facebook at Scottish Ninth Age. And I think that's us, Paul. Yeah, man. So uh, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. See you in the next one.